Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special mini-series just for you. We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We're giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill. Made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons, where we tug at the heart and fog the mind. I'm your host, the temporarily insane Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert, and I can't wait to eat that monkey. <laughs> and who else do we have? Mattel and Mars Bar, quick energy, Chocobot, our enthusiast, Cat Bailey. Today's episode is Girly Edition. Wow, Ken Brockman. Good luck, kids. Where the hell's my grilled cheese? Real cheese. Today's episode aired on April 19th, 1998, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby! The cable channel Toon Disney launches, and their first cartoon is Sorcerer's Apprentice from Fantasia. Jay Moore plays a disobedient parrot to the hit film Polly. And previous Simpsons guest Linda McCartney passes away from breast cancer at age 56. She will be honored in the next episode of The Simpsons. And uh, yeah, Toon Disney then turned into Disney XD, the action channel for the kids. I didn't know Toon Disney went back this far. It wasn't on my cable channel, but I just know, I know the Toon Disney logo just from... Uh, YouTube? Yeah, YouTube yeah. to pretty much any show that Disney doesn't put on DVD. It's like, bonkers, time to watch the Toon Disney logo-fied version of yeah. that. Yeah, you find out a lot of shows had their last run on Toon Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that, I mean, that's where they go to die before then. They're just not cool at all anymore and no longer profitable to Disney. They just get shoved into the dustiest corner of the uh, Disney vault. <laughs> I had to rack my brain for a moment to remember what Polly was, and then I remembered it was the one with the talking bird, right? Yes, yes, yes. I I haven't seen it because I I was too nervous about the bird possibly being... It's such a good movie, Bob. Really? I I didn't want the bird to be hurt in any way. It it tugged at my heartstrings. Did it fog your mind? And fogged (laughs) my mind. It's a a kid's movie about, and the bird's the main character. I'm sure the bird's fine. I'm just happy Jay Moore was getting worse. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is that he does, I think it's just him doing his Buddy Hackett impression. You're right, yeah. As a bird. That's right. It's like maybe like 70% of the way there, but yeah. <laughs> when I was writing down the Paul E movie before I looked it up, I thought in my memory, it was like, yeah, Buddy Hackett played a bird. Like, no, no, no. I had to think at a time. I, w- I lived through a time when there were Buddy Hackett impressions. Yes, yeah. I well, can't believe it. Jay Moore can't stop doing it. That's, I mean, that's why Buddy Hackett had a minor role on his show Action, which oh. premiered on Fox the next year. Is Jay Moore a fellow podcaster? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, man. Yeah. Everybody's a podcaster now. <laughs> we're in direct competition with each other. Uh, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> Actually, so Kat said everyone is a podcaster now. Kat, the difference is they fell down into podcasting and we fell up into podcasting. So. That's true. <laughs> That's history. Now, Kat, Kat Bailey is back. Welcome, Kat. Hi, everybody. What was Kat's last episode? My Sister, My Sitter? Was that I the think last it was. one? That might yeah. have been the one. No, yeah. no. Oh, I, no. Bart Starr. Bart Starr, yeah. yeah. Right, for football. And now. 
Now we trade on your expertise as a woman <laughs> in journalism. If it's not sports, it's a Lisa episode. That's what I always say. <laughs> uh, well, you for listeners who maybe are not into the games press, they should know that you have a background as a journalist and a woman mm. in that world as well. I do, yes. I actually did go to journalism school. Ooh. I have a degree in it and everything. But then, like most failed journalists, I went into games <laughs> journalism. Um, but mostly because I liked video games. I thought, I can write about these. This is easy. And here I am. When you saw kids' news on the show, did it make you want to get in? Or were you already thinking about being a journalist at that time? I must have been because around 1998 was about the time that I was in high school and I was starting to think about my future career prospects. And I think I was giving up on my previous ambition to be a pilot. Mm. <laughs> at one point, I was like, I'm going to be a pilot. And there was another point where I was like, I'm going to be a computer programmer. And then I was like, I actually am terrible at both of these things. <laughs> what am I good at? Well, I'm okay at writing, I suppose. And that's how I ended up becoming a journalist. You could play video <laughs> games and then describe them. And give <laughs> know, opinions on them. You think you go into journalism school thinking, oh, I'm a good writer. I can be a journalist. And then you discover that being a good writer has very little to do with being a good journalist, that's actually. <laughs> well, now you're all the way up at the top at your own website. I do. Uh, U.S. I Gamer, the editor-in-chief. Yes, I rose to the top of the food chain on that one with schmaltzy uh, stories about, I don't know, video games or something. <laughs> what, what am I covering again? What is the Kent's people of video games? Oh, the yeah. Kent's people of video games. I don't think people really do those per se. Mm, that's a, hey, you know, that's an entry point for any journalist out there. I don't think public interest uh, stories get clicks on video game websites unless they're <laughs> destroying people. I will say that... When I was looking at Bart in this episode, I thought a lot of live streamers. I thought uh, mm, there is a show that I, I enjoy called Kind of Funny, but I think of how they're like an entertainment show more than a news show and that kind of thing. Yeah, so. I mean, that that is what Bart does. You know, I just thought of the Bart's people, Kent's people equivalent. It's those stories about like when it's like 80-year-old grandma plays this video game. Oh, yeah. Th yeah. Those are the human interest stories. Oh, yeah. No, that's totally... Or Skyrim grandma. Skyrim grandma, yeah. Or uh, as, as a weeb, I really love Dragon Quest grandma. She's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> They're just all grandmas. <laughs> What's going on here? Well, I wanted to point out number one... Uh, I surprised Henry with this before the recording, and I don't blame you for not knowing this. The name Girly Edition is a take on the CBS show Early Edition about a man who was delivered tomorrow's paper ahead of time That's because crazy. he had to deal with the printing press. No, he got a magical newspaper. Yeah, and it was because a magic of that, newspaper yeah. show. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It ran for four years. It was the Game of Thrones of its time. Everyone talked <laughs> about it. That will be the only the first time I mention Game of Thrones. It will come up again for a very important reason. Oh, boy. You'll find out later. Uh, well, I mean, CBS really had the market corner on like schmaltzy sort of religious thing. Wait, did God yeah. give him that newspaper? I mean, God... This was around the time of Touched by an Angel. <laughs> yeah. God didn't not give him that newspaper. Mm. So uh, I mentioned a crossover with Walker at some point. <laughs> I think uh, there was a show just recently. It was like God texted me or something. Oh, yeah. God... Uh, God no, God friended God me. God friended yeah. me. That. Texted me would have been the one 10 years ago. Now it's it's got... I think that show got canceled very God quickly. God swiped... Uh, what is it? Left or right? It's right. <laughs> yeah. God swiped. Right. Uh, no, and then it's about how he's like getting back together with his dad, who is a preacher, and he's a. This actually the main character on that show is a podcaster, so we should watch it. Oh, I bet it's very faithful. Well, technically, <laughs> we're all <he's> godless uh, <laughs> creeps. They can't make a show about God and podcasting. Uh, and uh, well, well, in this episode though is written by.
by a new writer. Oh, yes. I have a writer's corner prepared ahead of time. So uh, writer's corner for Larry Doyle, who um, wrote for The Simpsons for about four years. He only wrote during Mike Scully's time. So this is his first episode on The Simpsons. Uh, he is not a Harvard grad. So that's another, what, your first surprising fact for him. <laughs> well, Scully hired. Is that surprising? Because yeah. Mike Scully um, seems to have a thing against the Harvard jerks. Well, well I yeah. don't want to say that. I think he just didn't go to Harvard with Harvard guys, so he doesn't hire his Harvard friends. Yeah, he's just not hiring his friends. So he went to the University of Illinois. He got a start in writing as an editor at the Chicago-based First Comics, which I've never heard of. I don't know if, Henry, if you've no, heard of First Comics. Heard of that one. A smaller print uh, comics line. After this, uh, he worked in publishing. He was the first writer of the unsuccessful Pogo reboot Ew. in 1989. Pogo is one of those things that I know people love, but I liked it better when it was called Bone and written 30 years later. <laughs> so Bone is basically Pogo meets Lord of the Rings, kind of. It's That's, so much better by yeah. having that Lord of the Rings there. And sorry, I looked a little at his career too. Like he wrote for, I just thought, it was interesting. He wrote for like New Yorker and Spy and Esquire. Like he, yeah. Is a, so he was this, in that elite East Coast media. Yeah. Well, that well for this one, all about journalism. He has like, I mean, he wasn't a reporter for those things. He was, you know, more of a column writer. And Ken uh, Brockman's like, but he's not the boss of me. <laughs> so he went from the high class to the low class because he was the uh, his first role in TV was writing for Beavis and Butthead. Wow, just and, like David Cullen. Yes, exactly. And from there, he wrote. Uh, this will be this will apply to this episode. So he wrote two Rugrats in Adaria. Uh, <laughs> Offhand, I forget which uh, Daria he wrote, but one of the Rugrats he wrote was uh, Naked Tommy, where Tommy was obsessed with being naked and getting all the babies to take their clothes off. Yeah, <laughs> can't hear that one now, that's for sure. No. So he left The Simpsons around 2001. He wrote some bad movies, including uh, Duplex uh, and I Love You, Beth Cooper, starring Paul Rust. It was based on his book by the same name. Um, You're just jealous of Paul Rust. Yes, uh, <laughs> as a Paul Rust-style man. It's just unrealistic. Uh, uh, I had forgotten what Duplex was. I had to look that up. It's like Ben Still and Drew Barrymore yeah. as uh, they are wacky couple. And he also wrote uh, Looney Tunes back in action. Because of that, he was the writer of a bunch of unreleased Warner Brothers theatrical shorts. I think they were eventually put on some DVDs, but really? there was going to be a new line of Warner Brothers shorts. And why have artists write them? Get a New Yorker writer to write <laughs> yeah. them. He's so smart. Wow, I had no clue. You know, I, I had heard Looney Tunes back in action is better than Space Jam. I've heard like it's really that, good. Yeah. But uh, those new shorts I heard were not good, and because Looney Tunes back in action failed at the box office they did not release them immediately they held on to them for a while and they were never theatrically made or shown uh, Man, i gotta see those i never heard of those and the last thing he worked on as of this recording is the uh, tv land slash nick at night i have no idea how those things are different but it was a tv land show called uh, instant mom starring oh. one of the sister sister twins so uh, <laughs> i think it's tia maori plays a mom i don't know where tamara weird. is yeah what the huh, i don't know where weird. the little brother is but uh yeah yeah, apparently there was a show called Instant Mom he wrote for, and that is the life of Larry Doyle. He Still said with for us. TV Land? It was yeah, a TV, TV Land. Land makes original yeah. stuff. Yeah, of course it like, does yeah, now. They, well, they, like, hot, in, hot in Cleveland was created by wife of Simpsons legend Jeff Martin. That's right. So uh, I think at first there was a Nick at Night channel that became TV Land or something like that, because uh, yeah. reading about, this is very important for our listeners, so reading <laughs> about uh, Instant Mom, it was first a Nick at Night show, then it became a TV Land show. I don't know what that means. It must have transferred over. Well, so for non-millennials, Nick at Night was just the name of the programming block after they realized kids weren't watching anymore. So it started on Nickelodeon where they just 
license the cheapest shit like Donna Reed and uh, and just put it on after. And that started doing so well with nostalgic boomers that then they started getting more and more stuff. Mary Tyler Moore, the uh, Dick Van Dyke show, all these shows. And it got so popular that when they needed to, they wanted to make a second channel, that was just all the reruns, all the previously viewed television. And then thanks to the way channels just float around and have to eventually make new things, about a decade ago, they started making original sitcoms for it that are just in the style of an old sitcom. Like that they even have Betty White. Yeah, they and, hire people you remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Dave Foley. Mal- Valerie Bertinelli. All, all the best. Uh, and so, but I'd never heard of that instant mom show, but I guess hiring one of the sister, sister kids is another way of like getting yeah. the old, someone you remember now, but now it's us, not boomers <laughs> that they're trying We're to becoming the to. old people. Okay, I'm sorry. That's such a stupid idea. Your TV land, air old shows <laughs> and their target audience will watch their old shows when they want to watch old shows. And when they want to watch new shows that are in their particular demographic, they'll turn on CBS. Well, on this uh, streaming age, though, it's not as attractive just to flip on a channel and be like, what old rerun is on here? You know? oh, it's okay. I, TV land can die. It's fine. I think the true <laughs> Nick at Night channel is, um, what's it called? Me TV. Oh, yeah. It's for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think, well, Larry Doyle, when he left, it looked like he left Hollywood for a little bit and then like became a television or like he just wrote novels that then would become movies. Like he, I Love You, Beth Cooper was seemed like a semi-autobiographical book by him. Yeah. And then they licensed to make a film and he wrote the screenplay. I've heard really bad things about the movie. I don't know if the book I is heard better. it really sucks. Yeah. yeah. I bet the movie sucks too. But uh, one well, and Paul Rust is so funny, but it, it, like they wasted the casting of this very funny comedy writer and performer. Yeah, that feels like it was probably Paul Rust's first like big role because he's playing a high school student. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, well, and also with Hayden Panettiere playing, uh, she also is forever cast as a high school student. Well, and also this episode directed by Mark Kirkland, I wanted to bring up the Eric Stefani connection mm. to this one. Mm-hmm. If uh, if that name sounds familiar to you, that is the founding member of No Doubt. His sister took over the band uh but when no doubt wasn't doing so good in socal he went back to his other talent animation and he worked eric stefani on the earliest years of simpsons specifically klasky chupo and uh, he was a layout artist i think primarily there they even told funny stories about how they knew he was going to quit when he got like a gold record delivered to his <laughs> office uh but mark kirkland who we interviewed and had been on the show since season two longtime friends with stefani he says they asked him to come on one more time because he's just so good at drawing monkeys that he's like this would be our layout artist to do the monkeys here though also uh, assistant director matt nastic credited is very important to the monkey drawings in here that mark kirkland specifically shouts out that he was inspired by the monkey in our gang shorts oh yeah yeah and i think this episode is mostly remembered for the monkey stuff not necessarily mm. for the uh, lisa stuff poor he lisa great, he did a great job with the monkey to be honest Mojo is so funny. Yeah. Great and physical comedy. How can you care about, you know, kids' news when there's a monkey jumping around and eating pizza? Like, that's just cool. So it's funny is I, I actually saw this episode when it aired. Mm-hmm. One of the few Simpsons episodes that I saw when it aired. Mm. And I remember at the time it was actually praised pretty highly as a, like, a really lucid criticism of local news in particular. And the media absolutely loves commentary about the media. <laughs> so I'm not surprised that they came out and praised for this particular episode. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Oscars giving Oscars to movies about movies. Journalists love patting themselves on the back. They all love the post as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. 
Was the it? critic said, award shows where award shows win <laughs> awards? <laughs> well, I think this commentary on journalism is interesting. I mean, local news has only gotten worse in all the ways this episode makes fun of it, I think. ever I've, I've said this before on here, but the only times I see local news is like visiting my parents and... Mm. It's like the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Every time. Yeah. Like it, it's made for older people to be scared of their communities, really. Or but also to hear how awesome cops are and how they don't shoot people. Uh, but that's that's kind of uh and then you get some of the lighter side. I miss the news you can use like consumer uh advocate type dudes. Or a nice like uh, water skiing squirrel to yes. take you out. Let's see, uh, at their best, uh local news can be Recording, reporting on actual local issues and doing mm-hmm. actual good investigative journalism because that kind of grassroots journalism is really super important. Um, and then you get to see local personalities having a platform and everything, and people care about what's happening. At their worst, they're extremely formulaic. You got... There was... Um, when Sinclair was in the news, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, Gawker Media did that whole thing where they took all of the different uh, oh, right. readings yeah. of people reading the the mandatory op-ed together and just put them Ugh. all side by side. And it was terrifying how yeah. formulaic it was. They all have to talk about how, like, some people are being disloyal to our country. <laughs> yeah, and, pretty like, much. Yeah, it's... It, some people. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, I mean, that's another difference in time 21 years later after this episode that media consolidation is way worse than it was in 1998 and so we you were end fronting up about with it like, in 98 yeah. though too oh yeah, yeah stuff like clear channel had taken over all the radio stations and all of the uh, all the consolidation was definitely happening uh, it's unfortunate because monopolization is a real scourge on our system and yeah. it's gotten exponentially worse over the past 20 years well it's also why there's fewer original reporting done these days because it's just news keep shrinking and shrinking and it's just shared and Sinclair things that are just written by political ideologues anyway just to be said or they have to like host Sebastian Gorka talking about uh-huh. something like just his clip everywhere. Wide the doors fit his head in the studio. <laughs> so the I dragon in, of Budapest. <laughs> I was in journalism school in 2001 to 2005 so we mm. talked about this stuff a lot. A lot of the newspaper versus broadcast the rise of US Day Today and that kind of thing and whenever broadcast news came up it was often focused focusing on local news and particularly the problem of they would race through the initial headlines where it would be five seconds. Here's a headline. Here's another sentence. Keep going as fast (laughs) as possible. Here's the sports highlights. Here's some new weather. And then here comes the super schmaltzy feature at the end that it makes everybody go, Ah, and then it's over, and you've learned nothing. You've learned nothing, yeah. I. And the funny thing is, this was so. This was made in the '90s, and it was TV and newspapers. The internet was yeah. not a thing. Not the internet not was really. like the Drudge Report. <laughs> internet a. Yeah. So that was what newspaper journalists were being salty about at the time. Was uh, new TV shows are completely. They're just stupid crap that is not informative at all. And then on the internet showed up and killed them both. <laughs> well, I think actually, yeah, you mentioned Drudge Report, Bob. We're like two years away from Homer starting the Drudge Report. That's on right. The There's a parody. Oh well, yeah, parody. I mean Drudge, but this is like early, early. Like Drudge Report was oh, yeah. one of the first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, uh, I believe, a key component in the uh, the Clinton scandal. That's right. Yeah. yeah. People like Bill Simmons were still on AOL at the time. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. That's, I forgot that Bill... I always forget that Bill Simmons goes back that far. It's 
like mm-hmm. you just sound like him, Jeff Keeley. You have a job for life if you were there at the start of websites. Uh, but I, I like both those guys. I am not. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, no. posti- good podcasting. <laughs> and also, this episode has like one debut and a, a second appearance of a proto version. Yeah, America. yeah. I wanted to talk about this. So I, I think it's been a while since we did that podcast. But on Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie, we talked about uh, Lindsay Nagel, who yes. is uh, not named in this episode either. But I believe I said her real life name is Lindsay Nagel, the person she's based off of. Actually, that's wrong. She's actually based on Sue Nagel, who is uh, now Dana Gould's ex-wife, who he speaks very highly of. Yes, yeah. But uh, she was an agent at the time, and I believe she was probably the agent of somebody on the staff, or perhaps a few people on the staff. But uh, eventually, over time, she became the president of HBO, and she is the one person there who believed in Game of Thrones. She was like, nobody believes in this, but I do. And she also (laughs) greenlit things like uh, Girls, uh, say whatever you want about that, I've never seen it, and uh, Veep, which I've heard is also good. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, Dana Gould gives her a lot of credit for making wise decisions at HBO. She reminds me of the executive from Nickelodeon who believed in Ren and Stimpy and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, Vanessa Coffey. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, the Lindsay Nagel character, she is such a specific type of female executive that I feel like they are uh, more often than not mocking instead of uh, celebrating. But Simpsons mocks everybody. But she comes from, she has very certain female executive, television executive energy of the 90s of just, she has to be like in your face and very pushy because that's the only way she can be heard in meetings and everything yeah very buzzwordy i mean i think she's very typical of an executive from that time uh in that she is constantly throwing out empty buzzwords that really mean absolutely nothing and going for the lowest common denominator which makes a lot of sense she loves zork (laughs) and uh, who doesn't love zork and also the first appearance of crazy cat lady yeah that's true she has a name yeah we'll get to that later she becomes a real gill with like a backstory (laughs) and uh, frequent appearances honestly i think they overdo that but uh uh, and you did mention Rugrats. This is a very Rugrats episode, too, isn't it? It's, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, you could totally imagine an episode of Rugrats where all the babies start a, their own news show and mm. Angelica comes in and ru- ruins it. Yeah, it's just like, it, I mean, a lot of the jokes are like, put kids in these adult situations and there's like corollaries for everything. So, I mean, there's a lot of humor can come out of that, but it is like of that mold, the mm. Rugrats mold. And, uh, you know, Bob's Burgers, too, does a lot. The, the, Bob's Burgers, the, do that again. Bob's Burgers 2 does that a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's, they it's, even have the, the journalism episode where they go on and have their own news story. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, Tina's trying to find the phantom pooper in yes. that one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Last bit of background, though, uh, needed context for this is 1996, the FCC created a brand new rule about educational programming on children's television. Oh, that's right, yeah. This episode is clearly informed by that, that in... Late 1996, this is, so this was in late 1996, this news story says, starting in the fall of 1997, broadcast stations must set aside three hours each week for children's programs that have educational content. So that's how Hysteria got greenlit, right? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Though I looked into that. Hysteria is one of the most over-budget shows they ever did. Yeah. They they were going to make 65 and they only made 52 and some are just clip packages because they really overspent on that show. 
know, but uh, yeah. Apparently this piggybacked on a 1990 act, which basically laid out a lot of ground rules, such as you can't advertise your show's toys during the show. Because <laughs> yeah. they were trying to cut down on these glorified advertisements like G.I. Joe. Or the yeah. Chocobots. Yeah. And there were previous rules, I think, during the Reagan administration where it's like, okay, you can have your G.I. Joe toy commercial for, you know, 22 minutes, but at the end, make sure one of them says, hey, don't stick your head in the oven or whatever, <laughs> you know. A PSA yeah. that's yeah. actually doing help good. Well, we still got some Sonic says, but yeah, it's uh, so that's that's why there was from '97 onward a lot more educational things. But it was only for network because that's that's the thing about the FCC. When people complain about the FCC, they don't touch cable. Cable, most cable, cable could show whatever they wanted at least like legally speaking. But they normally just respect on uh, regular cable. They normally just respect the content rules that the FCC has. Like FX made a huge deal of like, oh, and we do the shield and nip tuck. We're going to show butts. We're going to say shit. Like you, we're, we're not respecting the FCC. Well, I mean, we as the public own the airwaves, which yes. is why there are those rules. But I don't know what they do with the airwaves now that they're not being used. Like what are, <laughs> what are those spectrums being reserved for now that TV is not being broadcast? Uh, well, so the rules still, I, I looked into the rule still basically stands now for network uh they kind of even adjusted it i think to uh, have even more like per day uh in 2006 and it hasn't changed since then though apparently at least one fcc commissioner is trying to change that rule and i looked up he was actually appointed by obama so it's not like i figured oh it's got to be a trump appointee who wants to get rid of this educational stuff but I mean, in today's streaming age, it almost seems pointless. Like kids are not—they're not glued to the television every afternoon like we were. Kids well, they, they are, TV. but not network. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It's like they—they <laughs> they probably, if you talk to like I don't know, even like an, a ten-year-old, they might be mystified by the idea of appointment television. Like I've got to be here at this channel to watch this thing. Watching TV with commercials seems so impossibly old-fashioned. If yeah. you're under, I don't know, twenty. Whenever I I did that just this weekend because uh, I was on a little trip to Las Vegas. And so uh, after a long day in Vegas, we put on the TV and it was like, oh, yeah, commercials. And we were watching Ocean's Eleven. And I was like, how can you even watch this thing? There's a fucking commercial every eight minutes. This is awful. Well, I'm a resident sporto, so imagine how oh, I yes, feel. Yeah, that's uh, that's the only way they could. That's why pro wrestling is worth so much to uh, networks now because it's still it's classified like sports as appointment that is the viewing. last yeah. appointment television <laughs> it had you got to see it live if well, you watch it delayed now that game of thrones is over yes yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah i mean well you, that reminds me i gotta cancel my hbo subscription <laughs> but deadwood the the new deadwood movies tomorrow you gotta watch that Sure. Silence. <laughs> Man, I, I'm the only Deadwood stand here. But uh, but anyway, yeah, so that ruling announced in late 1996 was on the minds of most people in the television industry. So obviously they took inspiration from that for this too, probably because even some of them were pitching educational shows uh, to, as their next pilot. Well, it was a Fox executive who actually came out and said, uh, uh, we don't need to follow these guidelines. For one thing, we already show four hours of educational programming per week, so we don't need to uh, follow <laughs> your little guidelines here wow i think it's because uh from that point on where there was always like just one bad show in a saturday morning lineup or in like an afternoon lineup like, this show's bad and i know why it's teaching me things <laughs> it's around this time that edutainment seemed to really have a moment especially mm. in video games people are like ah oh, video oh, games yeah. are running your brains well let's put out this extremely boring edutainment game well, I think in my area, I remember seeing like 5 a.m. was the educational time. Yeah. Just to, like, hit, they're like, hey, you didn't say when. Like, yeah. this is three hours from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. 
The Simpsons will be right back. Hey, I'm on a podcast, Fart. It's Henry Gilbert. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Talking Simpsons, the podcast where we go through every episode of Simpsons in chronological order. And a big thank you to our special guest this week, Kat Bailey, for giving us all the insights on the world of journalism. She does a ton of great work right now. She's at E3 as editor-in-chief of US Gamer, so you should be checking out what is all going on on her stuff and follow her at the underscore catbot on Twitter. Now, it's thanks to support from listeners like you that me and Bob are able to have on cool guests like Cat Bailey and do this podcast full time. We couldn't do it without our many amazing supporters at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Supporters there don't just get the peace of mind of making me and Bob happy and able to do this full time, but you also get access to every episode of Talking Simpsons a week ahead of time and ad free. You can hear next week's 200th episode with the Chapo guests returning Virgin and Matt, you can hear it right now. And you do the same for our What a Cartoon podcast, where me and Bob talk about a different animated show each week. And one of the classic episodes, like Thunder the Barbarian and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, were our most recent ones. Not to mention, you get access to almost two dozen interviews with Simpsons legends who have worked on the show in some cases since the very beginning David Silverman, Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, Mike Scully, Mike Reese, Mark Kirkland, and so many more. You can only hear those exclusive interviews on patreon.com slash talking simpsons if you're a five dollar and up patron and and you get access to all of our limited series podcasts you can only hear on patreon our limited series for the critic the first season of futurama and the first season of king of the hill me and bob doing the same talking simpsons treatment but for those classic cartoons you'll hear all of that and so much more hundreds of hours of content if you sign up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons you know what to make your experience at patreon.com slash talking simpsons even more fun if you went up to the ten dollar and up level and you get to hear our monthly what a cartoon movie podcast me and bob cover a different animated feature film once a month our most recent one in may was aladdin the 1992 classic and in june we're starting summer rights with the tiny tune adventures original vhs movie how i spent my vacation we usually go over three hours we did almost four hours of Aladdin, you can hear all of that and enjoy it at patreon.com slash talking simpsons at the ten dollar and up level so please check that out today i guess why don't we get into the episode itself we start with an itchy and scratchy cartoon, which it's fun. It's named after the uh, the Tennessee Williams classic, The Glass Menagerie, The Glass Moanagerie. The one thing that struck me in this is like itchy and scratchy talk a lot. This feels like uh, yeah. they kind of lost the spirit of INS there. It, it feels like when well, Tom you know, and Jerry start talking. After 5,500 episodes, <laughs> it starts to uh, lose the thread a little bit. Usually there'd just be, if there was any dialogue, there'd be like one line in, yeah. in the episode. Now, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. It hit me when he said, "I'm looking for a job," and he whole, I thought like 
He could have just held up a want ad or a... That's what he would have done in classic Itchy and Scratchy. <laughs> would you trust this man to write Looney Tunes? No. <laughs> no. That's true. He's already fucking it up, man. <laughs> uh, but the, that said, on the spoken words, I really like the... The funny lip sync on a light bulb saying, I quit. Like, they, yeah. they found a funny way to do that. And glass blowing really is dangerous. I, mm. I went to a demonstration once in college, and uh, it, you could kill yourself with it. Whoa. Yeah. Well, have you seen uh, Chiluli? The, uh, the, oh, the Chihuly Museum? Yeah. And the, the glass artist, he's... Uh, he he's uh, he's uh, seen better days. He's got like he's lost an eye. Oh my god! Yeah, like, yeah he's, uh, but his his glass could not be more beautiful. He has a beautiful glass. Uh, but anyway, we were certainly entertained by Itchy and Scratchy, but not everyone is. <laughs> Man, you'd think the quality would dip after fifty five hundred shows, but die. <laughs> Well, the FCC isn't laughing. They don't believe kids are learning anything from Itchy and Scratchy. Oh, please. What don't they learn? Don't trust mice. Cats are made of glass. Our license renewal is on the bubble. We need educational programming fast. What about that Mattel and Mars Bar quick energy Choco Bot Hour? That's barely legal as it is. Here's what I was thinking. A newscast for kids by kids. Well, you're not taking any time out of my show. It's jammed up as it is. There's the monologue, those idiot puppets, Krusty's nap time, the second monologue, Paul Harvey, Senior Papino. I tell you, it's the tightest three hours and ten minutes on TV. We're cutting ten minutes from your show. Well, I guess we could trim the hobo parade to a lean 20. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that uh, once you hear the music for it, it's pretty obvious, but the Mattel and Mars Bar Quick Energy Chocobot Hour is really uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers parody, which at this point for Fox was probably getting better. Ra- no, it definitely was getting better ratings than The Simpsons. Mm, yeah. Yeah, oh, I would totally. say. Well, this was the height of Power Rangers, right? Or no, wait. Well, no, there was a couple even... of years after. Uh, by years 98, after. I think it was yeah. less popular, but I still no, think Pokemon it was, was here by that Pokemon. time. Pokemon had replaced it as number one, but I but would not, still bet it had a better ratings yet. than Simpsons. We got yeah. like three or four months to go. Uh, okay. okay. If I could well actually both of you. <laughs> well, <laughs> Pokemon shock syndrome had already spread, though. That's true, we? yes. But, yes. Uh, well, yeah, the Ch- yeah, the Chocobots told you that, though, I mean, their name is reminiscent of the GoBots, for sure. Yeah. Uh, though, when they, I think uh, in that later scene of them, I think Mark Kirkland, who worked on shows like this in the 80s, yeah, I think right. they were exercising some demons there of their hatred for those. I, for one, am looking forward to the What a Cartoon of Quick Energy Chocobot Hour. <laughs> I wish they would uh, just make it. That'd be great. Yeah, I. they should have more jokes about them at least. I mean, they like, still make Power Rangers. They, they've never stopped. They they never will. They uh, Just like Pokemon. Never Someone must stop. still be watching those things. I'm, well, I mean, in Japan, they're watching them. Actually, my my hu- my hubby is a big Power Rangers uh, fan. A big Sentai know. fan? Or yeah, a big, big Sentai. Well, there we go. Uh, he likes both versions of it, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I I like that Krusty loves the show. He he hated Itchy and Scratchy in the Poochie episode, but now he's just yeah. a big fan of it. I uh, heard that he this is a send up of the Tonight Show, by the way. Oh, because, really? Because uh, Carson would go up to like ninety minutes or something to that effect, especially oh, a later God. Carson. But the last thirty minutes would just be this super indul- self indulgent kind of interview with somebody that nobody necessarily cared about, but Johnny Carson liked. Oh yeah, he's. 
I mean, he could do whatever he wanted in, mm-hmm. in those last like decade there, which was mostly not doing the Tonight Show. Yeah, going on vacation. Uh, do we lose Krusty after this? I totally forget if we just never lose see him, him entirely. Again. Yeah, I wanted more Krusty. I didn't think he came back. <laughs> I I love. No, his... he does come back briefly. He's, oh. he says kids' news is boring, and frankly, I agree. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So he gets one more set, uh, two sentences. I guess it does sound like the Tonight Show. It reminded me more of Bozo the Clown when I was a kid because uh, that show felt endless. When when it was maybe two hours long. I was never exposed to Bozo, thankfully. I never saw Bozo. It was never in my market. Well, we had WGN on my cable channel, so we got to see the Chicago Bozo. The realest of the Bozos is the Chicago Bozo. Mm, And uh, so he had his grand prize game, which was throwing, uh, tossing ping pong balls into buckets. And, uh, wow, that's so much fun to watch. <laughs> uh, it, well, Between Popeye cartoons. When you're a child watching it, you think to yourself, "I'd do better at that." If I like, you just dream of doing it. And then you graduate to the Price Is Right. Uh, well, did you guys ever see they had the grand prize game, arcade game at arcades? Like, is this I, like carnival games or something? Well, no, it's it's sort of like whack a mole, but it was just like you get ping pong balls and you throw them into buckets that get increasingly farther away. Mm. Uh, they they had a grand prize game recreation at. At my uh, at my Aladdin's castle in Jacksonville, Florida. Wow, this is really a thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real popular. Thing. Okay, <laughs> uh, my sh- uh, WGN viewers out there, confirm this for I, me. I this can't is... believe there's not more of a hook. It's like you'll never get this. They just throw balls into buckets, and <laughs> well, you, uh, the buckets yeah. go further away from you. And... You have to stand back at a certain line. Okay. I mean, well, when you're like a three foot tall child, that's not as easy as it sounds. It sounds like once you're an adult, you just transition to playing cornhole. <laughs> Look, Bozo the Clown had a captive audience. What else? else were you going to freaking do in the mid 80s <laughs> the the thing uh i watched some old bozo clips before this and what really struck me that i didn't realize as a kid is that it's all commercials every time you win something he says and what did he win he won something from this local bakery down in chicago mm, aren't you hungry kids <laughs> yeah. it's like and you won don't wake the dragon the new toy from parker brothers and you want they just it's all commercials it's, it's like double dare it's evil it's evil really but uh but yeah so bozo was like this endless show that did have almost an equivalent of the hobo parade in it too when everybody would leave the stands you do like a conga line leaving the show excruciating it it had it's you're attacking my childhood memory i was watching the disney afternoon i don't know what was happening in your house well this was sunday morning oh oh. uh, like but from it was later well so (laughs) when i'd watch it on the east coast it was on chicago time so you know how cartoons would end and be replaced by like golf at 11 a.m or so or noon yeah. So when it would become 11 a.m. in Florida, it was 10 a.m. in Chicago. So I could watch the Bozo show still continuing. It was a way to extend my Saturday morning. Man, you were a real junkie. <laughs> it's like anything. Just put it into my veins. My God. I need an hour Bozo, like- I don't care. Just more TV. <laughs> If you remember on one of the commentaries, Dan Castellaneta talked about his scary encounter with Cookie the Clown, which oh, is right. Bozo's sidekick. Cookie. And uh, Bozo sat on Al Jean. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> one of the Bozos. So anyway, the, the description of the show, uh, of Krusty's show, reminded me of my Bozo watching. I, I also love that like monologues are usually regarded as like the most boring part of any show, and that Krusty does two. <laughs> two monologues per show. Second monologue. Krusty just gives up, and that the hobo parade could be 20 minutes it's long that's the shortened version that that's just hilarious to me he's critically acclaimed <laughs> acclaimed Ugh. 
Meanwhile, Bart is having fun on the playground. Uh, Willie is scraping up leaves and then goes to his shack for a wee nip and a wee nap. This is, so we have, I double check this. We've seen the inside of where Willie lives twice before. Yeah, but we've never seen that it's a shack on the school grounds, right? Yeah, Yeah. he he basically lives at the school. We last saw the inside of his shack when he was describing all the things he ate about uh, Santa's little helper. And, uh, but now we get to see the outside of it. This is a further Gully years are also defined by a degradation of Willie. That's true. Which is like, he had it bad enough in the eight years before this, but they really take Willie down. Like he, uh, it won't be too long before we see Willie like bathing at school and keeping a grease collection. And But he's still as buff as ever though. They they never forget that. We have another first in this episode from Willie. Uh, first use of the word rape. <sighs> yes. And yeah. uh, I think the only use that Frankie Eckes catalog, well, to be fair, it's only the first 18 years and there's like 12 more after that so it could have happened again i was surprised to hear it yeah it uh it feels like a line mac Groening would have cut he says yeah the quote is raped of its dignity of its bonniness yeah sorry yeah well because the i know it i don't like hearing that word it's not a good word but i can understand why 21 years ago they might do it because quote raped of his dignity or raped of their dignity like that that was a phrase uh that was used with some regularity back then i've seen it in like old wrestling shows rape was a comedy word in the 90s (sighs) 10 years ago um like in in game magazines and game websites this game totally raped me it was so hard like a comedy word five years ago yeah yeah it's true it's a it's a comedy word and still in some places (laughs) yeah hearing it here i was still shocked like whoa it's whoa. like it's sort of like uh the r slur where it used to be used a lot for comedy and now you just never hear it so mm-hmm. this used to be another r comedy word and now you're like what yeah it's happening <laughs> again i don't i don't like hearing it at all and i don't i don't think the use of it here uh particularly made a joke fun no, it just distracted no. me yeah I think they really just liked hearing Willie roll his R's yeah. on that word. Uh, but yes, that is that is quite a first there. Uh, yeah, Bart jumps off the swings and does a cool skateboard trick and uh, destroys Willie's uh, pile of leaves, which uh, then Willie steals his skateboard as punishment. I Did you guys ever do swing tricks or jumping off of a swing? I think I did it once, fell on my knees and was like, oh, I, I am not an active uh. kid. I, I would jump off swings and also go upside down on swings, like uh, wrap the chains around your legs and swing upside down. Back wow. when you were small enough to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely swung and went as high as I possibly could, then jumped off the swing, which in hindsight, I can't believe I didn't break my legs. <laughs> uh, kids are made out of rubber. They can take anything. They're, they're a bit like tiggers. In that yeah. Way. Well, I also used to jump off the slide, the top of the slide, and I stopped doing Whoa. that when I accidentally bit my tongue. Ow, ow, ow. That was one of the most painful experiences of my life. Jesus. That seems less fun. You're not getting as much momentum behind you. No. Nah. Damn, yeah. You. This is sometimes they still remember that Bart's really good at using the skateboard. Well, <laughs> Even this though, is all very classic Bart. His yeah. antics, riding around on the skateboard. It's classic Bart Simpson. And uh, after Willie takes his skateboard, it's Willie's skateboard now. Uh, then we get to see him go into a shack for a nap. There's a there's a Scottish pin up there, right at uh, eye level in his bed that really yeah. tells a tale. It I feels think. like it was taken from his appearance in the Shinning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, and also I do 
like the gag that there's at least three bagpipe stations in Springfield <laughs> that he can tune his radio to. That's funny, but there were like at least three polka stations in my hometown growing That's up. That's crazy. And they were all AM, to be fair. They were all AM. <laughs> so Bart sees, though, the sign Danger Cream Corn, <laughs> and, which I love that. I have never encountered cream corn in my entire life. I think this is a, a boomer era bad food it like Brussels be, sprouts yeah. or whatever. I feel like it got served to me once at like a family, extended family thing. It's uh, It always seemed very gross to me, for I've sure. I've definitely had it. I just don't remember how, why I had it. <laughs> this cream corn tastes like cream crab. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the potty mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is it? Just like bu- a bunch of it's cream like c- on a... Corn and sauce. Yeah. It's kind of sweet, if I recall mm. correctly. Mm. Yeah. I like sweet corn. I had yeah, a sold on this cream. Corn. It's a it's a sweet corn mush. I want to tell a story about a bowl of soup I had yesterday. Oh boy! <laughs> now that we're talking about corn, I got a bowl of soup at the uh, at the cafe I go to sometimes because I wasn't feeling good. It was just a bowl of broth with corn in it. I was like, ah. I'm, I'm just eating a bowl of corn. <laughs> What's going on here? It says vegetable soup. I guess it's correct in that there's one vegetable in it. Uh, but that's like cheating with your parents. Like I eat a vegetable, a potato. Huh? Come on. The uh, uh, though the cream corn like trough or just the long hose for a delivery of pure clean corn. Yeah, cream corn. it's so. pure. Yeah, it's like it's taste, uh, tasting cocaine or something. And yeah. uh, Lunch Lady Doris making a, a non-voiced appearance because her actor is dead. And yeah. smiling. Yeah. yeah. Well, she grins. They forgot who she... Well, I mean, she wasn't that satisfied by more testicles. and uh, But cream corn, I guess, gets her going more than, t- than the iron-filled testicles. Our grade F meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, as Bart is having some, uh, more, some more classic Bart fun, Lisa is on cloud nine. Lisa, Channel 6 is launching a children's news program, and they've asked me to select an outstanding student to be anchor child. <gasps> oh, my gosh! Today's top story, little girl on cloud nine, and dream comes true. Lisa, I've selected you to be that child anchor. I know. I already jumped to that conclusion. Hmm. All right. If you're so smart, tell me who I selected to be lunchroom monitor. Me? Take your sash and go. <laughs> uh, what is your opinion on Lisa in this episode, uh, both of you? I think she's kind mm. of unlikable, even though Bart is... Uh, I, I feel like I, I don't side with either one of them in the story, but Bart is just giving the people what they want. <laughs> yeah. And I think news is a farce anyways. <laughs> I'm troubled by Lisa in this episode. Mm. Uh, smug Lisa's in full effect. And, mm. well, I mean, I think we could probably get into this as the episode goes on, but I don't think she's particularly good at her job, but she thinks she's amazing. Yeah. yeah. She seems... She definitely... They don't make it clear enough that she mistakes boring stories as informative, which mm. they, they are not. Like she's there are deeper issues she can get into than chalk shortages, for example. Oh but my god. Well she seems to think they're important. If I were her editor, I would say, okay, does the chalk shortage story pass one of the fundamental tests of journalism? <laughs> Does anybody give a damn? Well, Lindsay Nagel doesn't seem that interested in that later. Yeah. But I feel bad for her, though, because it, it, this feels like another episode where they just tear down Lisa again. Lisa That's gets true. her dream, and they have to tell her, show her that it's awful, and it's a nightmare. But, yeah, she's she is a little great. I mean, she literally says grave grubbing. Or, mm. no, Marge calls her grave grubbing as a, as a compliment later. Somebody compared her to Frank Grimes in this episode, down to the fact oh, that wow. she comes up with a scheme to... Yep. Humiliate Bart. Uh, That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> Which yeah. Frank Grimes comes off as pretty unlikable in Homer's Enemy, and I think in this episode she comes off as fairly unsympathetic. Ultimately, well, and the start of this episode with her getting this job is just like Frank Grimes thinking getting the job 
job at the power plant is like his dream come true. And finally, it all pays off. What's funny is that I find Bart somewhat sympathetic in this episode because, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got the hustle. I will give him that much. And he's willing to talk to people. And he's got charisma. So that's a great start. And you teach him some, like, basic journalistic practices and you get him to find better stories and you potentially have an amazing reporter if you know what you're doing well in this first scene with skinner is so i i do love that lisa cuts to the chase she's like yeah i know i'm who (laughs) else was going to be the host on the show of the simpsons i think some of the problem though is i think that if you are a woman in journalism you're already or in entertainment in general you're already behind the the eight ball like you have to prove it Mm -hmm. and so she just immediately gets cast to the wayside yeah yeah one you're already treated as not legitimate like yeah. you have to well, you have to prove that it. you're yeah. legit yeah. whereas bart already has a legitimacy so <laughs> she's she's got a tough there already but she has absolutely no charisma unfortunately in this episode and that's uh that's tough when you're on tv one well, did you guys ever wear a monitor's sash uh, uh there were no hall monitors in my school really yeah, yeah. For there us, were just it was teachers who yelled at you. For us, it was the crosswalk, uh, crosswalk patrol person. That was I got to be that once. I did. Oh, there, you go. Uh, there were no yeah. crosswalk people either. Boy, they're just letting kids die. <laughs> kids getting hit by cars. I survived that Catholic school. <laughs> no, uh, my elementary school, we did have uh, crosswalk monitors. I think it was just called monitors, uh, not lunchroom though. But they now I look back to it, I think it was stupid that I wanted one of those sashes so bad, but I was very jealous, and so... I've never worn any sash. I've never held a title that important before. It was, uh, mine did not say monitor on it, though. It was like an orange plastic like, reflective sash. I, I always found the idea of hall monitors weird. I certainly was never in my school. I mean, could you imagine kids listening to another kid who's like, yeah. hey, you can't be in the mon- the hallway right now. <laughs> yeah, they no one should listen to them. I, I regret all the wasted energy i had on that just put on a sash that says snitch already (laughs) uncool don't invite me to parties in middle school please but lisa loves it because she's a fucking dork she's a great grubber (laughs) yep as lisa gets her prize meanwhile willie has a rude awakening to a a shack full of corn i'll have to eat my way out Ah, it's terrible. <laughs> my shark! My beautiful shark! Oh, and I just got it the way I like it. <laughs> you did the spark, Simpson! The man knows quality work. This time you're in for it, Bart! <laughs> What's he gonna do? All right, back on the stranger. It is funny that, uh, I guess funny is a weird word, but Bart potentially kills Willie with a stunt. Because yes. um, if you've seen a movie, the, uh, if you've seen the movie A Quiet Place, you'll know corn, you can drown in corn. Oh, yeah. right. Wow, how specific. <laughs> uh, yes, but uh, Bart is not arrested for destroying this man's property and nearly drowning him with cream. I nope. mean, alternative episode title, Bart the Sociopath. He's yeah. just like, I destroyed his house. Hilarious. As he slept, too. Like, yeah, I mean, that that could work of the same if he like, released 
release gasoline into there or um, uh, carbon monoxide to kill him all the same. Though I heard all 10-year-old boys are sociopaths. Prove oh, me yeah. wrong. <laughs> Most children are, I think. And uh, But yeah, his I love Willie hates the cream corn so much. And I like his like creamy beard and hair. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, it, that's an odd description for one, him. One of two uh, attempts on Bart's life, though, by him. In this that's episode. what I fucking love that... Like uh, you're in for a bar- part. Like, oh, what is he gonna do? I'll kill you! <laughs> like he just storms into frame and grabs him. Back on the stretcher. And the sound effects really sell how gross that is. Yeah, all the sloshing around yeah. and Blah. the and the. I think it's really great that sometimes it can be seen as less work to have the explosion happen off screen, but the comedy of the corn splashing yeah. on the window in front of Bart that that made it better. I, I like that a lot. Though I thought it was weird when I remember this, I had forgotten that it's Terry who sets him up because it just feels like a thing Millhouse would say, and it's just mm. it's always weird when that Terry ever gets a line. Gets any honestly. line? Yeah. Meanwhile, we're we're just supposed to. They forget about that Willie thing, which is really great. How normally the show sets up all this stuff that or has a whole first act that has no bearing on this final act, and this one sets up a thing you're supposed to completely forget about until the ending. It's really good in that way. Lisa is trying to play in her show, and that she wants to get to hit all the important news the grown up controlled media won't touch. Which, uh, that's a funny way of putting it, which they don't, yeah, they don't care about uh, 3% cuts in libraries, Lisa. That's very true. I think there's an episode in there somewhere where she does something akin to PBS or really good on the ground reporting, Mm. and it's being completely overlooked and overshadowed by Bart's schmaltzy crap, right? Yeah, it just didn't seem like I had much time to make Lisa. They just, the boring thing is also the faster thing. If she did better stuff that was unappreciated, that's also, I think it's easier to write boring than write a good unappreciated thing too uh but yes as lisa is planning it out bart is forced into the show and i'll be able to tackle all the hard-hitting children's news the grown-up controlled media won't touch plus i get to be on tv oh honey i'm so proud of you all your hard work and grade grubbing have finally paid off so who's on your news team nerd nerd nelson well we used to date plus he threatened me well don't worry about sports i got that covered back off bart This may be the only chance I get as a second grader to produce my own TV show, and I'm not going to let you screw it up. Mom! Let your brother do sports. Mom! That mom stuff doesn't work on me. Marge isn't a great mom in this episode. Not really. Well, she's mostly harried by the monkey later. Yeah. I can forgive her badness later, but thanks to monkey shenanigans. But this one... The it's monkey just like, shines, Henry, please. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but, but in this one, she's just being like... I mean, it's a very realistic bad mom like I had... Uh, this really touches on sibling rivalries well, I think. Like, because I definitely had, like, uh, one of your previous episodes, Kat. Uh, but yes, this feeling of, like, mom, they won't let me do this. Like, oh, do it. And then when you try to mom them back, then your mom gets mad. Like, come on, don't whine about it. <laughs> Though I think this comes more from the position of a parent writing it than somebody remembering being a kid, too. It definitely feels I'm sick like of my it. goddamn kids whining at me. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Uh, just do it. Just put. Stop yelling at me and just put your brother on the show. Uh, I also like the line, plus I get to be on TV because <laughs> when you're 
eight to ten years old in the mid nineties. Yeah, I mean, being on TV was your dream, right? It means Lisa, you'd made it. Lisa has some really cute lines in this. Like Yardley does a really good job in this one. Another thing that felt very Hollywood to me was the statement of like, I may, may never get to produce my own TV show. Uh, it's second yeah. grade. Yeah. And Lisa's and, development deals in the works here. <laughs> Don't worry, Lisa. Once you get old enough, you can be a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. One that also sounds like a thing that they were doing in writer's room too, of just saying, why'd you hire that person? Well, we used to date. Like that, that feels very Plus uh, he real. he threatened me? Yeah. <laughs> she seems fine with that. Like, if a person you sh- used to date threatened you, Lisa, call the police, man. <laughs> it's Nelson. Yeah, we know he's fine. Then we go to our B plot of the episode that, again, completely overshadows uh, kids' news. i have forgotten there was, like, gum with a Cracker Center, which is totally nuts and gum. It's just it's a, it's a lesser jo- nuts and gum. Yeah. That's just a disappointing thing in season nine when you see jokes that are like... Did do this joke before? It's uh, there's actually another one of those in this episode. Um, but yes, Homer has learned a thing or two about monkeys. Ooh, it's a gum with a cracker center. Mm-hmm. That'll do it, Apu. Do not be alarmed. That is just my helper monkey, sir. I got him after a robber shot me six times and left me for dead. <laughs> Helper monkey, eh? <laughs> we are in the period uh, of blank, eh? That, that, that started was... in uh, DOS Bus, right? Yeah, yeah. Internet, eh? Mod, eh? <laughs> it's really going around the office, but I, I love saying blank, eh? Yeah, I do that all the time now. It's better than just silently nodding. Like, it learns it... Uh, it's a better response when you don't really have anything to say. <laughs> well, and Apu, poor Apu here, man. I forgot how shot up he was. He's, he's still working. <laughs> yes, yeah. I like that he put his helper monkey in a Quickie Mart shirt, too. That was very funny. I also like just how little Homer can Like, the way Apu goes, and left me for dead. And he looks down, and Homer has no response <laughs> like to that. Reaching for care. pity or sympathy. <laughs> yes. Homer's t- main takeaway is helper monkey. Interesting. Yep. He's thinking of all the things a helper monkey could do for him. <laughs> yeah. uh, alternative alternative title episode homer's a sociopath yeah yeah he kind of is just the way he oh, treats yeah. marge and animals he's, and his he's dad yeah. oh yeah, yeah. he uh, promises dad a monkey to eat <laughs> well so we mentioned this on the realty bites episode but this is totally when they came, that's when they came up with this subplot of the helper monkey yeah that's right marge mentioned the zoning rule about phone operating monkeys and so clearly this is it's like when they did a joke about dogs getting credit cards and then that was a subplot in an episode i mean monkeys boy monkey jokes uh 1998 they were big big deal and should, uh, should be pointed out though that um in this episode we also get the crazy cat lady and it was previously established in the next episode trash of the titans but it's a production episode that came before it oh, so yeah. lots of things are paying off in this episode <laughs> Crazy cat ladies and helper monkeys. They were thinking about a lot of. Di- I mean, that's that's how a writer's room works. You just have a bunch of ideas floating around. You use them more than once in some cases. We do get a, a quick aside in the newsroom where when Nelson realizes he's on TV, he has to say fart. Uh, Lisa is a bit like Kermit the Frog on Muppet Show of just like, come on, everybody. Oh, you're like, right, yeah. But they're making her scold again. It's just like Lisa just has to be the scold who's like, stop having fun on this news show. Well, she takes her responsibilities very seriously. <laughs> They also got a kids news report. (laughs) Kids are waking up in their naps hungry for news, which like the when educational stuff is on TV as a kid, what I did was change the channel to a thing that wasn't educational. Like a rerun of Saved by the Bell or something. (laughs) Yeah. You can count on TBS for that one. Or whatever actually, yeah, it was talking about WGN. It was like 
TBS had one hour, and then WGN would have the next hour, like back to back. Good times. Didn't Nickelodeon have a kids' news show? I think they did yes. actually. Yeah. Uh, Nick News W five. Yeah, <laughs> with uh, Linda Ellerby. Oh, Linda Ellerby. Yeah. yeah, they. I remember when they did right after did Magic they have Johnson. Bill Clinton on the show there. They did. Yeah, they yeah. interviewed him. The one I remember the most was after Magic Johnson came out as HIV positive. That they did a whole show yeah. on AIDS, but they had to have like a. 10 minute intro of just like if you don't want kids to know about gay people turn away we were sorry it's gay but we're bad sorry so they took important issues that were affecting adults and framed it in a context that maybe kids can understand yeah yeah, yeah. i think it came from a really good place that show uh, linda ellerby i think she was uh doing that for the good reasons i like say like say john stossel with his things that were taught in classes guys should listen to the uh, citations needed about john stossel that's it's a really, really good, good podcast yeah, yeah but uh, though also this reminds me of like in my high school we did have like a five minute kids news broadcast that was like a i think it was called channel one news did you guys yeah, have yeah it was just a way to feed you commercials and the yep. schools made money by showing it to you <laughs> but technically it had ap level news stories that were like decidedly aggressively centrist because otherwise a teacher might complain or a yeah. parent might complain uh lisa ling came from there that's right yeah. that's where lisa ling was from i think she was the big breakout star at channel one also the bark gets to say octopussy on tv <laughs> yeah. as well breaking out those james bond references from the what the early 80s yeah kids love blofeld uh, <laughs> they love him and he's well, wearing a ted baxter j- jacket from like oh yeah Mary oh, tyler moore yeah well, that's how it denotes the, that is like a very 70s local news idea of like, you know, the the anchor wears a, you know, single color blazer while the more fun sports guy has like a plaid blazer and no tie to show he's fun. Uh, like usually a turtleneck maybe? Yeah, turtleneck too, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, when I talk about Blofeld, I didn't fucking know who Blofeld was. Like, I never watched I those I didn't tell movies. Austin Powers. Yeah, I, I, I knew Dr. Evil first. Exactly, yeah. yeah. The, and then when they tried to reintroduce Blofeld as Christoph Waltz a few years ago, it just felt phony. It was just like, oh, this is a huge cliche, this character. See, I knew what James Bond was, but I didn't really start to like James Bond until I played Goldeneye on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> and by that time, MGM had lost the rights to the Blofeld character, so they didn't use him for years. It was only only thanks to again that wonderful media consolidation got Blofeld ownership back in the hands of the James Bond people. Is James Bond owned by Disney now too? No, it's a uh, well, Still it's by the, remarkable. The family that owns it. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Who like licenses it to MGM slash Sony? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, yes, Homer has a very jerk ass moment here. <laughs> oh yeah, wait, that was the other joke that felt like they just took it from a previous one, just like nuts and gum. His grilled cheese, which that's funny. Uh, it's. The Danish. It's also his Danish joke. Yeah, uh, I think it could be uh, a funnier food item, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'm hungry now, so grilled cheese sounds good. But uh, <laughs> It's a very pedestrian thing that yeah. like the, the news anchor could ask for anything, and that he wants a grilled cheese out of all things. Is, uh... On the flip side, I love prima donna Kent Brockman, who yeah. uh, is very much in his element, yeah. running his local TV show. <laughs> I love him as the big fish in the small pond. That's very small. Really- pond yes yeah. <laughs> that he just runs it like a tyrant too just screaming at people <laughs> well also he has so much 
Uh, they don't really address it in the episode, but Kent does have a ton of power because he is a like multi-millionaire who's doing yeah. this too. He won the lottery in season two. And apparently yeah. an award-winning journalist. Yeah. Now you want to talk well. about failing upward. I mean, jeez, <laughs> Louise. He's won a lot of go- uh, local Emmys, as he said in the Thanksgiving episode. Uh, but yes, Homer, meanwhile, is being a real jerk ass at when he goes to a store that was felt in Braille Weekly. And maybe one of those dogs. What do they do? Uh, they serve as seeing eyes for the blind, sir. Do they do any other tricks? No. Just the monkey, then. Uh, may I inquire as to how you are differently abled? Oh, I'm not handicapped. I'm just lazy. Uh, sir, helper monkeys are only for the physically challenged or enfeebled. Enfeebled? Ooh, I know just the guy. Be right back. Oh, son, this monkey's gonna change my life. Mind if I take him for a ride? Sure, I'll just stand here. <laughs> mm, I can't wait to eat that monkey. That's my line of the show right yeah, there. Yeah, that's a great uh, line. All right, I'll play the line of the show, eat Jingle. The that's the joke. I think it works because you're thinking, man, Homer is such a jerk to uh, Abe, and then Abe is... Like, has that perfect line that just cuts <laughs> through any sympathy you might have had for him. That he was going to kill and eat that monkey. Yeah, I mean, I know helper monkeys have to be real at some point in history, but it feels like they shouldn't be. It feels like a bad idea. <laughs> I think Mojo would have killed and eaten Abe, honestly. Yeah. He's probably more capable just than ripped Abe. ripped his face off, at least. Saggy old face, yeah. <laughs> just waiting to be eaten. Well, that, yeah, that gag is so great, too. When he says it, you realize that his happiness the entire time. <laughs> yeah. And why he thinks it's... Why is eating a monkey going to change his life? It's going to be a lot of protein. <laughs> he thinks very short term. Yeah. Yeah. He's never had a monkey before. He's going to have the monkey. It's going to be a game changer. Uh, but this is very jerk-ass Homer, this scene here. he Not only is it just the comedic conceit of Homer's trying to take advantage of a thing that's to help people who are able-bodied and he is a, a not able-bodied. Sort of like uh, his stay at the retirement home. Which episode was that in again? It was so brief. Oh, yeah. It was in uh, The Two Missed Osmium and Pepperons. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which felt like they could only, they're like, oh, we only got two minutes of this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, it comes from a very similar place. I wonder if they thought of it after, like, we should have had a monkey there in the retirement castle. Uh, but there's also, uh, you've noted this guy keeps popping up, Bob, the the man who told Homer his mom is alive. Yeah, he's just like the uh, kind of stuffy looking bureaucrat with the <laughs> droopy mustache. He was last seen in Realty Bites, too, uh, giving the test for the yeah, realtor's license. Then he was voiced by Harry Shearer, I think. Yeah, this uh, this voice is very different now. And also, in this scene, there's two mouth movements that are way off that definitely feel like changed. Uh, like, this is only to help the enfeebled. His mouth movement's a bit off mm. there. The Homer replies with enfeebled, so he must have said it in the original line. Uh, and then when Abe says, I'll just stand right here, his mouth movement's a little off there. But I prefer that line. I will do whatever Right yeah. yeah, to make it too obvious. <laughs> he just decides, like, yeah, I'll just stand on the street. That's normal. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, that Homer just steals a monkey from Grandpa without saying anything. He just drives off with his monkey. So this episode, I mean, this subplot is pretty pointless, but it doesn't really need a point because it's it fills in some of the gaps. It's funny. It gives the episode maybe a little more energy than it would have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. I mean, having a little monkey jumping around, that's a lot of energy. I, I'm so tired of monkey jokes now. Yeah. They're, they're very hacked. I guess they point. were fresher 
kind of fresher. It's fresher. Yeah. Well, I think that anybody who tried to do it now, everybody would just roll their eyes and be like, "Oh, trying to do the mojo thing again." <laughs> yeah. Well, and like the the term for another term for rando humor that everybody loves to use is monkey cheese. Yeah, monkey cheese. It's like, oh, what if the monkey threw the cheese at the like? Yeah, that's not funny. You're just saying a silly word. Like that's that doesn't count as comedy. But this monkey's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny la- when the Simpsons the last do. monkey allowed to be funny <laughs> on TV. Uh, while you say that though, uh, in just six months after this, the premiere of Mojo Jojo on Powerpuff Girls. That's oh, a pretty funny that's monkey. A funny monkey, I agree. And uh, though that's what made me want. Under, on the naming convention, I can find no answer on this. Please, listeners, if you do, no, give me some help here. This came out, and then five months later was the premiere of Mojo Jojo in the first episode of Powerpuff Girls. What is it with monkeys being called Mojo? Mojo, interesting. I huh. don't understand. It's it. got to be a reference to something. Yeah, it felt uh, probably the, something Frank Zappa wrote down once. <laughs> oh God, it definitely <laughs> feels like a Gen Xer thing that yeah. there's a silly monkey somewhere called I mean, Mojo. Mojo's a funny name. It is, it is. Uh, well, it's a good, I mean, uh, the previously mentioned Austin Powers, he was all about his mojo, baby. So maybe it's just about like animal instincts that come through a monkey and mojo. There's a mojo monkey donuts in Minnesota. Minnesota. St. <laughs> Paul. I can go there this summer. Wow. Oh, man. I can ask them, Henry. We'll find okay. out. <laughs> you ever been there, Kat? This donut place? In St. Paul, I Minnesota. Not. Probably opened after I left, like <laughs> most of the cool places there. Well, though I know a mojo Jojo comes from because he's very specifically a reference to the villain of specter man the tokusatsu series who uh dr gory it's uh who uh now that character looks very culturally insensitive but it seemed normal in 1988 uh, <laughs> uh google dr gory folks you'll see what i'm talking about anyway so we go back to the first kids news broadcast uh nelson's only job seems to be doing a live theme song so he's really been like shoved to the side it's a good theme song though he's trying you know nelson well he didn't dress up i'll say that nelson he, all the rest of the kids put on suits, and he's wearing his regular outfit for the kids' news intro. There are a lot of just generic news themes on YouTube. I use one of them for Talking of the Hill. When uh, Hank yeah. Hill says, this is Hank Hill with the news. There's like <laughs> a thousand of them on YouTube if you want to find them. Lisa must have been in a real budget if she couldn't even afford a theme song. Well, I can't see Channel 5 giving them much money for this. <laughs> I mean, that's in general. Educational programming is supposed to be was cheap. Was she getting a no stipend for this? Or was this all free labor? Uh, oh, it's I, all starting to make sense now. Yeah, it it sounds, was free labor. It sounds free to me. I don't think they're making oh, yeah. any money off of this. No, I mean, it's probably like uh, your regular old internships, you know? They're being paid in exposure, right? Well, actually, since, he, uh, since Skinner asked her to do it, it definitely feels like through the school system and not a job. There's yeah. a partner with the school, and it's kind of like an internship for second graders. Don't think about it. Uh, but yes, here is the first broadcast of Kids News. And now, Kids News with Kids News anchor Lisa. Thank you. Our top story today, in a move that could affect children townwide, the Library Book Purchase Committee slashed its budget by 3%. First on the chopping block, periodicals. Boring! And now sports. Bart Simpson telling you to lock the doggy in the barn because here comes dodgeball action. The shirts continued their domination over the skins today. And in schoolyard fights, the highly anticipated match between Kearney and Mr. Largo ended in a disqualification for use of dog do on a stick. Lisa? <laughs> and we are out. All right, kids. We learned a lot today. Now, this is what makes my job difficult. Bart, you're off the sports beat. <sighs> what? Sorry, Bart, but you got to take some things seriously. From now on, you're Lisa's co-anchor. What? 
Ooh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> See, Bart was doing a good job. Yeah. He was doing his job well. <laughs> Lisa's just a glory hog in this episode. Well, it's, he's high energy, and she's like, no, news is serious business, and mm. you have to be like you're on the BBC, even though she's on a kid's news broadcast talking about periodicals at the local <laughs> library. Why, well, and she only had one news story. That's like Bart came in with multiple things, uh, sports reports there. I think Lisa is anti-sports ball. <laughs> uh, well, Bart also he comes off as a sports center anchor here for sure, too. Mm, yes, the sports anchors are always the fun ones, right? Yes, yeah. They do all of their antics. <laughs> Though he needs like a saying like sweet sassy mo lassie. For, uh... <laughs> I was actually just at home, and I was with my parents, and they had the local news on. Mm. It's for all, only for parents. And the sports anchor, they did a big montage of all the sports anchors' zany moments <laughs> with various teams. And some of them actually got me chuckling. But I was just like, why is this going on for like 20 minutes? Do they really not have that much news? I want all the old sports anchors to be forced to cover things like Fortnite and Overwatch. <laughs> the Overwatch uh, League? Yeah. yeah. Ninja? <laughs> what? what is that? Well, Kat, have you ever seen on like uh, the Bryant Gumbel sports show on HBO whenever? Is this like real news or real sports? With yeah, Brian real Gumbel? sports with Brian Gumbel on that. Occasionally, when they when I've watched it and they've done stories on esports, they'll have like some other guy on there like that's not sports. No, yeah, hate sports, man. Usually, like, one of the guys with gray hair. Yeah, you know? no, it's like esports for nerds. <laughs> Bart even throw you know it is dangerous. Bart throws that at the camera. Those those aren't cheap cameras. <laughs> Lenses are very expensive. It's the most expensive part of the camera. And they they mentioned uh, the commentary. I I didn't see this one. But they said there was an ad for the Simpsons movie, one of the first ones that announced it, that just reused footage of Bart talking as an anchor. I do recall seeing that. Yeah. And, it, and it's him just, it's before they had created any animation for the movie. The only teaser I remember was the one that makes you think it's a Superman c- trailer and then it's Homer in a Superman t-shirt on the couch. In his underwear, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Which was technically new animation he just didn't uh, move all <laughs> you'll be saying anything or doing anything <laughs> so this entire sequence does get in, into one of the maybe the commentary that this show is making which is news as entertainment yeah, news entertainment yeah. i suppose where yeah it's it's the news you're listening to the news there's current events why does it have to be so freaking entertaining right but we have decided to turn our news broadcast into something that is entertaining you. I feel like it is an old show, so it's hard to uh, judge with a modern perspective, but it just feels so naive. Like that, I, That's why I said news is a farce anyways earlier in the show, because I, I don't believe news. Like Cable news does not serve any purpose that's helpful for any human. Like even like CNN, NBC, Fox News, whatever, it's all entertainment. Like You have to go online and find reputable sources that are not trying to entertain you, because yeah. all those shows just want personalities, and they want you to like buy into their brand now. But I mean, I go, I go to you know England or whatever, and I do watch the BBC. Yeah, and, I mean, just in America. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, for sure. But it's funny. It's like internationally, like CNN International is way more credible than here. I mean, now, like in this show, they're saying, okay, Lisa is doing her schmaltzy kind of thing, whereas. Now it's all about opinion entertainment, where yes. it's just yeah. a couple of people screaming at each other. Yeah. It's crossfire writ large. Uh. Yeah, I know. I mean, Fox is the worst of this, but CNN isn't much better. I they just most of their daytime programming is like some person had a tweet. Now oh yeah, we have two people to comment on that tweet. Reading tweets. Yeah, online. that's pretty much what it is, which is not uh, reporting. I would say. 
I mean, if you look at ESPN, they've always had their entertainment desk with people like Stephen A. Smith, and then they had mm. their actual honest-to-God reporters. <laughs> so you would have them, you would have one on the one hand somebody doing incredible reporting on you know, concussions in the NFL, and then you would have Stephen A. Smith starting crap with an NBA player on the other <laughs> side. Uh, what was the one who was going to beat him up that he kept, oh, he kept <laughs> calling him Chris uh, Columbus or something? No. I forget. Yeah. But yeah, somebody, I mean, there's a long line of athletes who I'm sure want to beat up Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not saying that, I think Fox News has its own problems, but you see a similar kind of dynamic there where you have people who are like, I'm a real journalist, I'm doing journalism. And then mm. you're the, there are the other people who are like, I am an enter- I am a crazy blowhard, right? Yeah, or, well, Sean Hannity said it himself. He's like, I'm not a journalist. Like, well, I never called myself a journalist after he got caught uh, helping the Trump campaign in 2016. <laughs> I don't want to get into a Fox News harangue. Yes. I think uh, those reporters are morally bankrupt and are lying to themselves if mm-hmm. they think that they're doing actual news. But yeah. there's like that dynamic that you see in so many organizations of serious-minded journalists being completely overshadowed by the entertainers. Well, I also think after all the sex scandals, specifically at Fox, how anyone yeah. can work there is like awful. But, uh, but and then you look in the games industry. Mm. I mean, you have people who are actually you know pretty solid reporters, and then there are some people who host shows at certain websites that are sure. basically glorified ad- advertisements or mm, like sure. extended marketing arms. And well, we'll yeah. name them now. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I I know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's a problem in all journalism. I though something that just clicked with me that's all like. Lindsay Nagel in this episode, she's totally Faye Dunaway in network, like from her outfit and everything and making the news more entertaining yeah. like yeah she just doesn't have sex with crusty at least <laughs> on screen not that we're seeing yeah. i bet they've i bet they fuck yeah. yeah if you've never seen network it's one of the great movies uh and it's a great commentary on how tv was actually tearing apart our society and yeah. we didn't even realize it that shows you 40 years ago people were yeah. like oh is this what television is <sighs> becoming everything in network now is just it's we're past that every yeah. joke in network i love that uh, movie but it is now incredibly dated there's that big speech by uh, ned Beatty that's amazing he's just like now there are only eight companies it's like well now there are only two (laughs) it's been 40 years it's Uh, even worse yeah Uh, what do you think they talk about marks at their meetings no they take out charts and graphs and uh well and in that show they're like oh it's terrorist of the week we'll be following them it's like that is television that's they take a guy's nervous breakdown on the air and turn it into ratings and then they and of course the logical end point is that he gets murdered on the air and it comes in like third place behind the bionic woman (laughs) (laughs) the point in that movie is howard beale is insane he's not good you shouldn't howard beale screaming at you is not actually good television uh but okay had to talk about network it just hit me right there like oh yeah this is kind of a network commentary the best speech in that is one of the main characters looking at Faye Dunaway and basically telling her you are a hollow-eyed product of the TV generation (laughs) you are completely bankrupt as a person and she's just like Yes, <laughs> in a way, in a way, it was the gener- uh, it was the greatest generation. You screaming at boomers, sure, yeah, but, it was uh, that too. That character is terrible in that movie. But also, if you wanted to see when uh, what Aaron Sorkin would be like if he was better, a uh, better writer, that's what Matt is too. I also really like. I could only appreciate it this time. Lindsay Nagel's line to Bart of like, "This is the hardest part of my job," which is like you're you're giving him a promotion. <laughs> what are you? Why are you phrasing it like a firing? <laughs> it's it so is very stupid. artificial. Yeah, but yes, Bart has it. Anchorman, huh? Well, if I'm going to be an anchorman, I better go bleach the crud off my teeth. I'll be in makeup. I don't need a co-anchor. I'm a straight-A student. Lisa, Bart's got something you can't learn in school. Zazz. What is Zazz? 
Zing, Zork, Kapowza. Call it what you want. In any language, it spells Mazuma in the bank. Zork? What is Zork? I didn't say Zork. The point is, the camera loves him. But that trivializes the whole idea of kids' news. I mean, let's be honest. Bart's not exactly the brightest penny in the fountain. In English, Lisa? Damn blueberry stains. Look, I love Bart, but he's never even read a newspaper. Between you and me, he's, well, kind of dumb. Oh. Yeah. So you're putting you on Bart's side again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At least she says, look, I love him. Like, she's not fully dumping on her brother, but still. Those liberal intellectual elitists. Exactly. That's what they're making Lisa again. They always do this. But how many news anchors are paid to know about news and not just to be pretty and to read things? Uh, I like that Nagel says Zork and then denies saying Zork. That's got to be David Cohen dropping that in there. That's right there, yeah. Like, she's gaslighting Lisa. She's like, I didn't say Zork anyway. And and also that Lisa, when she says not the... Brightest penny in the fountain. That's what Nagel's like in English, Lisa. Uh-huh. Like she just said a bunch of nonsense, and now she's demanding Lisa be clear. Yeah, it's called charisma. I don't know why we're attaching all these weird names to it. <laughs> That's what I, I like her terrible names, but it yeah, it just means it's the it factor. It's charisma. It's that uh, it almost feels like a metatextual comment on the show that like people like Bart more than you, Lisa, on the yeah, show. Yeah, that does make sense. You need to go away, Lisa. <laughs> and if you read it like that, then Lisa's anger later at Bart in the show is her being mad that she always takes a backseat to so him. She's on what, like uh, the Daffy Duck of this episode? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Which, uh, guys, you got to listen to our What a Cartoon on Daffy Duck. Yeah. It's such a oh, good job. And Willie is Elmer Fudd. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's written by Larry Doyle, who oh. write Looney Tunes. Holy so. real shit. Clear, yeah. Real clear Looney Tunes through line in this episode. <laughs> I like. Uh, I also like Bart to getting the crud off his teeth. He knows he, he can have crud on his teeth when he's a sports guy, but Anchorman. He understands immediately what it takes to be uh, on TV, which is having clean white teeth. Bart is media savvy. He'll go over well in the HD era. <laughs> yeah, again, Lisa should should be caring about these things. Honestly, if she's going to be on television, it's uh, she's not Edward R. Murrow, man. Like uh, it's her first mistake, she went in assuming that people cared about what she had to say. <laughs> <laughs> As the kids are having their fights, Marge is having her own problems at home. <laughs> your problem, honey? Monkey, there's a monkey in the house. <laughs> Relax, it's only Mojo. Mojo Marge, Marge Mojo. He can do anything you show him. Watch. Simpson residence. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me you were bringing home a filthy monkey? This filthy monkey made the orange juice you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Good physical comedy in yeah. those bits. Yeah. It's uh, and again another hallmark of season nine. Marge is tortured uh, in her own home. Yeah, okay. that's true. <laughs> Just comes home and there's a monkey. Homer didn't tell her he got a monkey until she meets it. She's tortured a lot in the next episode too. Oh yeah, with yeah. all the garbage. God, yeah. And same with the uh, in the dumbbell indemnity when she gets like blasted with the water and just left to deal with her that. Her job is reaction shots in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, if she doesn't do that, she's cooking. So it's pretty much just those two things. I like that Marge also is just terrified of monkeys, which I mean, if a wild monkey was in my house, well, not even wild, uh, a trained monkey, I still would be like, no, don't 
want this. I don't I, like monkeys either, and I would not want, want one creepy. in my house. <laughs> I'm sure they're friendly. I'm sure there's some friendly monkeys out there. Treat monkeys well, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but oh, yeah, you remember uh, one of my favorite monkey jokes of the 90s uh, was what was it, cleaning monkey or toilet monkey from oh, SNL? Monkey, yeah, toilet monkey. Yeah. <laughs> monkey hate clean. That is I one of my mom's that. favorite uh, <laughs> fake commercials, is uh, toilet monkey. I love how cruel it is to the monkey, and they're like, when your monkey dies, throw him out and get a new <laughs> monkey. It's implied you don't feed the monkey. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think these monkey bits mostly work because uh, they're really well animated and it doesn't feel like a stupid cartoon monkey. It feels like a real monkey that is wreaking yeah. havoc in this house. Yeah. He is, moves independent of them. Like it's so, it'd be so easy just to have him be stationary on Homer a lot of the time. But for no reason other than like he's just a wild animal, I just love when he puts his hands over his head and yeah. swings him side to side. It follows the macaroni rule of animals have to act like animals yes, and not yeah. like smart humans in an animal costume <laughs> not a uh, catfish winking at the screen exactly <laughs> uh yeah no eric stefani matt nastic great great work on keeping that uh mojo monkey like you know i was kind of surprised they didn't get frank welker but dan castlenetta does a really good monkey sound he does good like uh santa's little hupper too yeah, yeah. They uh, quit hiring Frank Welker, guys. You don't uh. need him. <laughs> Save that budget. Uh, I mean, if Frank Welker had been there, he'd just do his Abu voice from Aladdin. That's pretty much all the monkey. That's his normal monkey voice. I heard a lot of that. <laughs> I also like uh, a classic spit take with Marge there. Also that her her hair is frayed the entire time, too. <laughs> as uh, as Marge being t- tortured by a monkey, Bart takes Lisa up on his challenge, tries to read the newspaper, uh, cannot focus. So did you guys have Archie Comics as a comic strip in your area? No, I didn't know it was a newspaper comic. I sure didn't. It really was. It, it huh. was It was a newspaper comic from 1947 until its last original strip was 2011. Wow. And How do you break up Archie into three panels? I have no idea. <laughs> but the How do you break most of these comics into three That's panels? That's true. It drove uh, Bill Watterson insane. <laughs> well, in the 1940s, the big money for comic artists was on newspaper page not in comic books you you really like it was a big deal for say the creators of superman to get to do superman in newspapers more so than in comic book pages so in 47 it was a big deal that archie got to be put in there i i had to do all this research on it because i would have loved to have read an archie comic strip when i was reading comic strips every day as a kid we just didn't have it i only liked archie because it was the most comic per dollar you could get (laughs) i don't have any affinity for the characters those fat double digests you get way more content than you would it's, with a marvel comic it's just a soap opera right um not really or just hijinks yeah. yeah there's there's no real continuation from thing to thing in the same double digest he'll be going on a date with betty and then in the next one archie will be dating veronica it's just uh it, it's just fun it's just a good old-fashioned american now, fun archie's super horny on, <laughs> yeah. on tv He's, he's boned out, that Archie. But uh, <laughs> this whole bit with the newspaper feels like your classic newspaper critique. Oh, I mean, the TV anchor can't even get through the first sentence on the front page. <laughs> yeah. And the dumbing down of America, you know, people are <laughs> bored with the newspaper, so they watch whatever the heck 
Bart Simpson is doing. Also, another joke on The Simpsons about how bad newspaper comics are. Yes, like, yeah. Oh, Charlie yeah. Brown said, "Good grief." That's great. <laughs> also, people, uh, lots of newspaper editors wringing their hands over people flipping straight to comics or straight to mm. the sports section. Which, I mean, in fairness, I would read the sports section first, and then I would go back to the front page. <laughs> One of the greatest moments of joy that I witnessed was uh, there's a kind of like a rotund old man who hangs out at the pizza place I go to a lot. He's got suspenders on. He's probably like maybe eighty. And he's always like reading the newspaper. It's always like spread out on the table in huh. front of him with his wife. And I was just sitting there doing notes or something. And I just heard from the other table like, <laughs> ah, I love zits. <laughs> no way. Really? Yes, yes, yes. That's what he said. It's <laughs> funny. It's like wow. he loves zits. Hey, I mean, it's a funny comic about teenage boy life. Yeah, and he's he's got to be like pushing eighty. This guy, but he just like cackled madly. He's like, I love yeah. zits. Zitz has had to do a Fortnite joke by now. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, for sure. When I was young, it was called Two Weeks. He probably is going to uh, try and be an esports you... athlete or a YouTuber, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a, that's, that is a Zitz-worthy line I'm there, I'm going to submit it to Jerry Scott. <laughs> yeah, it's a novel thing to see anybody reading a newspaper these days. Yeah, well, I mean, I get it instantly from my Twitter, and then I get to be angry right there and yell at the <laughs> newspaper. I can't. Yelling at the newspaper in real life doesn't give me much satisfaction at all. Old man yells at tweet. The letter <laughs> column used to be Twitter. Yeah, like people yeah. would like write back and forth to each yeah. other. There'd be arguments in the newspaper every day between the same people. Yeah. I, I want to add that by 1998, I was a huge news junkie. Like, oh, really? Yeah, I had had my political awakening. I was reading the news. I was reading the op-eds. I was making, I was forming my opinions, I want to say. so. For me, I don't think it was uh, until 2000 with the election. That's when it really, I mean, I sort of paid attention. I considered watching Politically Incorrect as the news. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's the same, isn't it? It goes to show how much things have changed that I would wait eagerly for the newspaper to show up and then I would read wow. it cover to cover every single you day. You are a Lisa nerd, man. I really was. <laughs> and that's how I got it. That's how I got in my head that I wanted to be a journalist. Though that's major news that Bart is skipping past, like the Supreme Court reversing something. Yeah, actually yeah. very major. Even Archie's talking about it. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Uh, also took. What do you think to... about Roe v. Wade being overturned, Jughead? <laughs> I do like though when the story intersects with the other story because Bart is reading the newspaper and then Marge runs outside and she can't comfort him because she's too terrified after seemingly being bit by Mojo. Which he seems like he's pretty well behaved when he's on camera, but he like bites. Marge and I think maybe she thinks uh, like after drinking the orange juice she needs a vaccination. Uh, okay. I, I read it as a bite because she like holds her arm uh, mm. like And there, she said but, mama needs a tetanus shot, right? Yeah. But I, she could also just be overreacting to drinking that orange juice. Which I think she totally is. <laughs> would you drink orange juice that a monkey squeezed? How? What kind of a monkey? How big of a monkey? <laughs> I mean, it is a trained helper monkey. Yeah. Yeah. So probably. I'd, uh, I wouldn't enjoy it. But, uh, that monkey better be wearing gloves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so Bart knows who he really needs to turn to for this, and that is one Kent Brockman. He heads heads to his giant mansion, same mansion as he's had since uh, Dog of Death. Good old Kenny Brocklestein. So again, Bart Simpson, he's got the hustle. He's like, I want to be a good journalist. Who's the best journalist around? Ken Brockman. Lisa didn't do her legwork. She assumed she'd be the best at it no matter what. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah. Bart is hungry for it. As he gets let in, Kent also remarks that his sister is doing real news as opposed to his garbage news. And it, I like, they don't touch on it too heavily, but that implies that's why Kent wants to help Bart this much, just out of like to settle a score with his sister. <laughs> CNN national news anchor <laughs> uh but yes yeah, he bart gets to learn a few things from old kent brockman 
Mr. Brockman, I need your help. I've got to become a great anchor so I can show up my sister. Sister, huh? <laughs> oh, I've got a sister. Miss Big Shot CNN Washington correspondent. <laughs> well, she's not the boss of me. Come in. <laughs> Let's take the trophy route to the den. Twelve newsies, seven iron mics, four golden quaffs. This is the most prestigious award that Del Monte gives. Do you want to hear my award-winning secret? Human interest stories. They tug at the heart and fog the mind. Observe. Hear that? It's the sound of children's laughter. Silenced. That's because tomorrow this old carousel, which has delighted young Americans for low these past six years, will be torn down to make way for the future. A store that sells designer mouse pads. Well, I guess there's no room in this modern world for old Blackie here. But if you don't mind, this reporter is going for one last ride. This is Kent Brockman. Report. I do like the use of the very maudlin on the nose song choice. That's great. Yeah. That's an expensive, this episode must have some expensive licensing. I can't think of any news broadcast that ever actually played music over a news report. Oh, I swear. I think I've heard them. I, I feel like it's a different law. Like they can, they don't have to pay the same if it's on a news broadcast as they do on a fictional show. But there is like that designer mouse pad. It's like yeah. it's basically in scare quotes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the modern of... world is destroying these yeah. treasured uh, horses. Yeah, that have been here low these past six years. There's no real politics to it other than the old days were good. That's nostalgia is its real its only real viewpoint of it, which comforts people who are upset at the modern world. But also taking aim at boutique crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though that, I, though I love Today the Today it touch. would be like a pop-up for cereal. Yeah, or a food truck of yeah. uh, designer donuts or something. <laughs> the, uh, though, the, the, the fact that the carousel was six years old always makes Oh, me yeah, laugh. that's right. That's right. <laughs> he's, it's uh, a very he's, subtle joke. He's not even celebrating an important, like, historical monument or anything. It's the perfect bullshit feature. Mm-hmm. Of, it seems like it's it's kind of making you mad, but ultimately it doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. Tugs at the heartstrings and clouds the mind. That's but he's going saying. specifically for an emotional reaction, which is to feel angry that this mm. thing is being destroyed and being replaced by this crappy store that nobody cares about. Yeah. Lisa is the brain and Bart's going for the hearts. And uh, one word's better than the facts other. versus feelings. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's what we would call outrage reporting or mm. clickbait. I uh, I also like Kent Brockman is so proud of that Del Monte award. That's so, <laughs> it's uh, like it's a, a golden can of beans. <laughs> that tells a real story. Like, why did Del Monte give you an award? <laughs> Sponsorship. And, and that Del Monte apparently gives so many awards, and this is the best one. Too. Yeah, this is a golden quaff. The golden quaffs, I like, and they're all there. Like he he walks by Emmys, but he's like doesn't even mention those. It's the microphone, the quaffs, because it's also about big hair. Back then, I feel like TV news anchors don't really have the same hair. Yeah, Kent Brockman is in the model of uh, Ron Burgundy, like yeah. those newscasters, very much so. There's an episode much much later of The Simpsons in which uh, I guess Kent Brockman is forced into the world of internet journalism, and he goes mm. into a BuzzFeed style startup. Oh wow! And it's very strange to see 
this anachronism standing there wearing his <laughs> 19 kind of early 1980s newsman suit with the hair and everything with all of these internet journalists. Do you also notice that the horse can't calls Blackie is not a black horse? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I really like the like full that Kent makes the cameraman wait for him to say the whole thing yeah. until he gets all the way around. A good time filler uh, joke, too. <laughs> yeah. Episode. This and the train joke later are both good time fillers. And uh, so Kent is clearly very invested in Bart because he not only does he let Bart do Bart's people after Kent's people, but when Bart presents his thing and says he's not doing what he said he was going to do to Lisa, there's a little shot of Kent going like nodding like, yes, ah, yes. Like, it's validation. He's yeah. got a protege now. Getting back at a woman. <laughs> it's a, it's a rather Ooh. Sith Lord thing. Yeah, he's yeah. finally, he's like, it's it goes kind of unsaid Take after that, the first sis. Scene. Exactly, yeah. He's he, by hurting Lisa, he's t- getting back at his sister. By hurting this eight year old girl, God. Ken uh, Brockman is one of the most loathsome people in this entire series. He's, yeah, I'd say he's right behind Mr. Burns, I think. Uh, I don't know. Mr. Burns kind of softened over the years and became kind of a funny old man. Well, Ken this, Brockman was just a full egomaniac. In this episode, Burns does celebrate killing ducks. Though. If you combine yeah. Ken Brockman and Mr. Burns, you get Donald Trump. Uh-huh. Oh boy. Yeah, I guess uh-huh. so. But why don't we hear from Bart's people? Bart's been looking into that alleged ham salad from yesterday's school lunch. Alleged. No, I haven't, Lisa. Because I went out with a camera and did a different kind of story. <laughs> Bart, I really think we should... It's about a man. A simple man. He's one of Bart's people. <laughs> Joe Banks. 82 years young, has come to this pond every day for the past 17 years to feed the ducks. The last month, Joe made a discovery. The ducks were gone. (laughs) Some say the ducks went to Canada. Others say Toronto. And some people think that Joe used to sit down there near those ducks. But it could be that there's just no room in this modern world for an old man and his ducks. Another expensive song, seemingly. Yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, they spent a lot of their money on this one uh, in the song licensing department. Anyway, the uh, we also right before that we get to see Homer is about to watch the kids on TV, and Mojo and Ho- Homer's never looked fatter until <laughs> well, until a later scene, but he looks so gross here. It's like uh, <laughs> drinking a sixth beer or something like that. Yeah, and then Mojo pissed on the sofa, <laughs> like he Ew. clearly marked his territory. Joe Banks, he's, uh, I feel like they definitely pulled him out of the character pack, though the named character has no other appearances in The Simpsons, at least according to the wiki. This is such just a great maudlin sentiment. It's just like, the ducks are gone. It's totally <laughs> nonsensical as well. It's like, and they're what not is this? gone. It's proven that he's the ducks are gone in this. An old man who sat by the wrong pond. <laughs> That's all he did. And uh, It's and, all about how you package this complete non-story. And also, some say Canada, other Toronto. Like, yeah. it's uh, just... Yeah incredibly uninformed it's easy to miss canada all tucked away down there (laughs) and uh, as we hear about that uh, as we're watching this we then get to visit in on other characters watching bart's people and how it's touching all of which i'm surprised obviously homer and marge are going to watch their kids tv show but why why are burns and smithers why are they in beanbag chairs Uh, i like that i love that touch yes you think maybe my power plant killed those ducks there's no maybe about it sir (laughs) Excellent. Marge, can I get a duck? You already have a monkey. 
Can he get a duck? No. <laughs> One man, no ducks. Lisa? That's kids' news. Good night. <laughs> Way to go, Bart. That wasn't news. That was sappy, manipulative drivel. Well, I'm sorry you couldn't feel for old Joe. You didn't feel for him either, you big fat phony. Bart, look up here. This is where the tears would be if I could cry, but I can't. Botched facelift. You could learn a lot from him, Marianne. It's Lisa. Marianne's better. <laughs> I love all these notes she's getting. <laughs> she's a hilarious character. Yeah. yeah. No, it's Tress McNeil's like best character in the show. There's a reason. I mean, there's also a reason Crazy Cat Lady came back. They just hear Tress's delivery, and I think they're like, we know we can trust her to just be funny if we write new stuff for her like this. Tress is a later addition to the show as a regular, but once they really start getting into Tress, like she's uh, like almost in every episode from then on. Yeah, I mean, she was there from the beginning, but only as like Kearney and yes. like uh, odd characters here and there. By itself, the line, oh, you can learn a lot from him, Marianne, isn't that funny of a joke, but she sells it. Yes, with her yeah. delivery really well. Like stealing her dignity by robbing her name. So like, I feel better. like half this character is delivery. <laughs> and, and that Nagel can't admit she, she was wrong. She's like, no, I'm telling you to change your name to Marianne. <laughs> it's, uh, that's, I mean, that's how executives give notes, too. They just they don't directly say change this. Like, oh, you know, Marianne's better. I didn't say Zork. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I do love Yardley's delivery of like, you big fat phony. Like, she's so pissed at it. Well, Bart is being really cynical at this point mm -hmm. where he he doesn't care about yeah. this but he knows exactly he has zeroed in exactly what's going to get him the ratings and or clicks and therefore <laughs> he is going to do that every time hardcore he's got to go in on it the, he's a uh, quick study he'd be a great <laughs> fit at buzzfeed he, you know, he filmed that. He edited it. Like, as we'll see later, when he did a live broadcast, he did that by himself. Like, he's the only person there. Bart works really hard, I think. Actually. He's amazingly talented. Lisa's not doing remote pieces. I mean, she eventually does, but not very well. Mm, oh, as as we will see. Yeah. You, you, you take Bart and you actually mold him into a real journalist. You got something amazing here. <laughs> I like Burns' tearful celebration of killing the ducks, too. Yeah. Which, fortunately, Excellent. Yeah. Fortunately, no ducks are dead. They, yeah. I prefer to believe that he just sat on the wrong bench. He's right. still moved by the piece, but he's also happy he killed the ducks. <laughs> <laughs> and oh man mojo is so excited that he could get his own duck like it's <laughs> just he's jumping up and down and, and throw, screaming he throws the pizza box like god it's so more more great monkey action just yeah. like more examples of how the animation is totally selling an otherwise like pretty unforgettable subplot yes yeah 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 it's all it's all in the animation i think that's something we've talked about many times that you know great animation can save a bad joke but bad animation can't save a good or can't be saved by a good joke sometimes the same with yeah. delivery so it's all yep. in the delivery and the animation in this episode so let's talk about eleanor abernathy <laughs> oh boy uh, as as she some call her the crazy cat lady uh she is the breakout star uh, after Gil, the breakout star of season nine. Yeah, okay. she taught us all about toxoplasmosis and what <laughs> having cats does to your brain. Uh, I it, I love going crazy thanks to cats and their toxoplasmosis. Uh, give me more. That's what I say. Fill your house with cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, two two cats, three. 
once you're past three, I feel like you're, you're in problem. dangerous territory. Yes, yeah. Not uh, I'm not judging anybody out there with more than three cats, but I'm just saying I have a aunt and uncle who uh, I think they passed twelve at a certain point. I'm oh like, no, I, this place doesn't smell very good. Oh no, I if guess you don't you're just have a farm. <laughs> you sh- probably shouldn't have more than a half dozen cats. Uh, wow. <laughs> they're uh, what was that MST3K line like? They have cats. Like when just entering a room, like oh, oh yeah, they have yeah. Cats. Like two cat, one cat is enough of a handful two cats is like okay this is a bit much 12 cats come on <laughs> yeah they they have kids you don't even like, know their names anymore after a just while walking through a fog <laughs> of cat pee all day mm. well i think um you know my aunt and also some of my cousins they just they if they find a cat they want to keep it they just can't their hearts are too big i think it's a, it comes from a good place of wanting to help these animals but uh, i mean the cats seem happy i don't know one of my best friends in high school i think they had like seven or eight cats in their mm-hmm. house seriously and it's not the cleanest house so <laughs> usually it's not much. No. yeah uh but yes eleanor abernathy that would be later revealed as her real name other facts later revealed about crazy cat lady is that she went to Yale and Harvard and that she is only 40 years old. And also uh, when Snowball 2 gets killed, she adopts more Snowballs that also get killed until eventually she's given a cat that looks just like Snowball that she renamed Snowball 2 from Crazy Cat Lady. Mm. In that uh, classic one of where it ends with Elisa saying, you know, we'll just call you Snowball 2 just to make it easy. And then Skinner walks by and says, isn't that a little lazy? And then she says, oh, I'm sorry, Armin Tamzarian. And I think in the uh, in season 18, coming soon to Talking Simpsons, season 18's uh, parody of the 7-Up documentary series, uh, you see how she becomes a crazy cat lady over that's time. That's the one. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a... Uh, one of the top resources on crazy cat lady information. So there's a real strong, she has mental illness through line here. Therefore she is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, we're laughing at the mentally yes. handicapped. It's <laughs> <Yes>. true. <laughs> but somebody throwing cats at you is so, funny. Because yeah. like one of her whole thing is that she, when she gets on her medication, she's fine. Ah, right. When she gets I, off her medication, she becomes crazy cat lady. <laughs> but man, isn't it fun? Like Tressie McNeil's noises. Yes. Are so funny. Yeah, the babbling. I just want to yeah. say that in the scene that I'm sure that we're going to have in a second, I died laughing in my yes. most recent viewing of this episode. <laughs> I was like, because the delivery and the timing is perfect. Yes, yeah. Well, here, let's let's learn about, <laughs> they call her the cat lady. They call her the cat lady. People say she's crazy just because she has a few dozen cats. <laughs> but can anyone who loves animals that much really be crazy? <laughs> The old Union Pacific doesn't come by here much anymore. It's not a line of show that's the best joke in the episode, though. Yeah. Of her appearing from behind the train, just throwing a cat at Lisa. That's why she became a regular. That second appearance hits it so hard. It was a real disco stew moment. Yes. Yeah, God. A joke so funny that they, they automatically become a regular. 
and uh, have to be named too, apparently. I dislike having to name people like Jeff Anderson, but uh, you it's even funny just to watch cats being thrown. I mean, obviously not in real life. Yeah, but, don't throw your cat. Yeah, but God damn, it's funny. She's just like, and the way she like reaches, like first it's like one full handful and then she starts grabbing the ones from under her right hand. The too. character design too with the, the cataracts that yeah. are kind of like wild-eyed. I mean, well, and Tress is a master of old lady voices too. Like she's, I mean, she's great as mom. In and uh, Patty and Patty, uh, no Hattie, Hattie, yeah. yes, yeah, in, in Futurama, I'll be Tanka Jiggers, <laughs> <laughs> and she's throwing the dang cats like yeah. she just has an endless supply of them just <laughs> appearing like from the bag <laughs> of holding or something. God damn, she's so fucking good. Yeah, so uh, that is that's the first appearance, and the Union Pacific just going by so long. It's just by the, the poor, way, poor Lisa. The Union Pacific narrows down the number of states that Springfield could be in. Oh, Ooh. does it? Yeah, there's like uh, maybe a half dozen uh, states in gen- total that has them: it's Arkansas, California, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana. Indiana, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Oregon, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Washington, and Wyoming. So not Hawaii. We can rule <laughs> that out. <laughs> All right. No. So what we what's our takeaway? Springfield is west of the Mississippi. Hmm. Mm, oh, that's why it's called Pacific. I see. There you go. Yeah. yeah I, and of uh, course, uh, Springfield's based in Portland, so it's this town in, or- in Oregon. You know, that makes it. Uh, they have a ton of crazy cat hurricanes. ladies in Portland. Yes, and, and, and also, <laughs> and also three mountains, as we'll see later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's next to the desert. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Poor Lisa. She she even tries to meet Bart halfway, but she just can't do it. It's like though, it's not her setups aren't bad. But it's just It's more that the world well, Is trying, against her She's trying to be cynical And she's not good at it This is not her forte Yeah <laughs> And uh, then we cut back To Mojo and Homer He's Homer is Ordered Mojo To steal donuts for him And Homer's reaction To the donuts here Is just so good Come on Come to Papa <laughs> Good boy Mojo Now bring him down And I'll give you one Oh <laughs> <laughs> Stop that! You're a helper, monkey! This isn't helping! I don't need your pity. (laughs) (laughs) He's like eating a donut on the ground that was thrown to him by a monkey. (laughs) Crying as he eats. God, it's so good. He's just his whimpers as he's eating. It's a it is a very like it's a low point for Homer in his life. He's eating monkey donuts off the ground. (laughs) Every single mojo scene hits really hard in this episode. Like I feel like every mojo uh, scene lands. I feel like they added like two mojo scenes just because they and just took away from the kids news uh, to make room for it. Well, also that he just stole from Lardland like he's doing it right in their parking lot. Like he should be caught <laughs> in that case too. Lardland's going to show up at his front door. <laughs> uh, and so then we get the next kids news scene where Bart is really ahead of the curve when it comes to maudlin patriotism. I've forgotten veterans. Their guns are quiet now. Their helmets lost or pawned. And yet here they are, making flags out of old clothes. Sure, they may not have the right number of stripes. And the colors are all wrong. And some purists will tell you the American flag doesn't contain the word Jordash. But you know, if they run this up the flagpole, I'll salute. I'm Bart Simpson. Hmm, thank you, Bart, for yet another touching Bart's people. Now, 
turning to... I just think our veterans deserve a little recognition. That's what Veterans Day is for, Bart. But is that really enough to honor our brave soldiers? <laughs> they also have Memorial Day. Oh, Lisa, maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. The important thing is veterans deserve a day to honor them. They have two. Well, maybe they should have three. I'm Bart Simpson. <laughs> I love his logging off. Yeah. Hi, Bart Simpson. <laughs> Which also, Lisa had another thing to say, but it sounds like Bart ended the show there by it's saying... like Armistice Day or something? Is that the yeah. third one? <laughs> oh, Flaming I guess, Day. Yeah. Well, and 9-11 kind of turned into that, too. Yeah. This is another pitch-perfect, like, <laughs> fake-ass local news segment in which it's just there to play into people's sense of patriotism mm. and support the troops and all of that. There's nothing there. Randy's not really even helping these veterans. He's just using their sad-looking <laughs> lives for content as well. So yeah, people are remarks like, wow, look at those veterans. Well, yeah. moving on with my life. <laughs> I uh, I like the design on the Jordash flags, too. They're, especially the one that gets held up that, like, a zipper is open on part There's of like it. There's, like, the ass of the jeans is on one of them. Yeah, yeah. It's They're really great design, like, uh, art-wise. And that I do love, too, Lisa's trying to bring facts into this and Bart. Very much in like a Stephen Colbert type way, just like maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. I just think it should be this. I th yeah, the difference is why are the, all of these veterans sitting here in this home making American flags? Like, yeah. what's going? What is going on here exactly? <laughs> Who versus is this for? his story is. This story exists. These people exist. Look at them. <laughs> yeah. And you can't judge me because I'm celebrating the troops. So yeah. clearly this is a good story. It feels like Bart put them up to making sad flags <laughs> for this. The extremely story. cynical patriotism angle really mm -hmm. gets to me. It was ahead of the curve on that stuff. Yeah. Well, it looks like it's Millhouse's grandpa's there, but one they yeah. haven't seen before, like the a mustachioed different, one. Uh, Millhouse clone. Yeah. Clearly not the grandpa who uh, has his own RV. RV. Yeah. yeah. He's, no, he's not Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, Marge has really lost sight of the plot in the next scene, where she talks about how it's now Bart's show and Lisa is on it. <laughs> in her defense, though, she has been driven insane by Mojo. That's true. So. Possibly uh, given a disease. What is yeah. Bart's show. He's the star. Yeah, it is, but uh, that's not nice to say to Lisa. Well, it's it's true. Show. She is being a bad mom. Yeah. My, moms can't play favorites, and I think that's, you know, it's unfair for moms that they have to constantly be torn between multiple children if they... That's why you stick to one kid. One I'm kid, the one family. I'm for sure the favorite. <laughs> Lisa is pissed off, and she hatches her evil plan. Really makes you think. What does that even mean? Mom might not see through you, but I do. You don't care about any of these people. Well, if I'm guilty of anything, maybe it's caring too much. I'm Bart Simpson. <laughs> Stop talking like that! Stop it! Lisa, please! You have absolutely no reason to be jealous. You're still a very important part of Bart's show. <laughs> 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 God, I, at least it isn't the wrong here, but it's like, that, well, Bart is being paid to be a phony. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, she'll figure out the, the power of phoniness. <laughs> I just love, like, really makes you think. Like, that means nothing. Really makes you think means. I mean, that reminds me of just how I hate in most, like, 
editorials that just have these statements that have no clear direction. It's like, say what you mean. Like, yeah. don't say like, you know, it's, isn't it interesting that this is like, well, why, why is that interesting? <laughs> why? Could you tell me? I That, that drives me crazy. <laughs> They use Mojo to punch up, like, every scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. throw a monkey in this scene. Have Lisa scream at it. I love that he's hanging around the A-plot. I just yeah. like that he runs into the intestines. <laughs> Even though he's turned into, like, a glutton, at least in this moment, he's like, he remembers his training, which is to imitate what he sees <laughs> someone else do. And there's just a wild monkey running loose in this house at all times. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> which, like, Lisa's, you know, maybe that's why Lisa's really on edge in this episode, too, is that <laughs> monkey's driving her crazy as well. <laughs> the monkey doesn't interact with Bart. I don't think. I think he's the one that uh, in the family that doesn't have a scene with Mojo. He escapes. Lisa's hatching a plan. It also, like you said, very, very Frank Grimesy. It reminds me too. I wonder if it's like a Hollywood insider thing about just like co-stars that hate each other on shows mm. trying to hurt each other. Like, uh, say that was the that was a scuttlebutt behind the scenes on the then airing Sybil that she was really mad at Christine Baranski oh. for getting all the good lines in the show. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Brand- I seem to recall that Connie Chung was extremely unpopular during her run on the oh, Today Show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, well, she lost her... She uh, Connie Chung lost her job when she aired uh, that Newt Gingrich's mom thing, as I recall. Really hurt, really hurt her career. What was, was like, that? Oh. Newt Gingrich's mom. Newt Gingrich's mom got interviewed by Connie, and she asked her, seemingly implied that it was off the record. Asked Newt's mom, "What does he think of Hillary Clinton?" And the mom said to the effect of, "He he thinks she's a bitch." And when they played that, New Gingrich was like, how dare you? That's my mother. You can't interview her. She didn't know it was on the record. So that uh, that cost Connie her, her job, at least on that one show. I think she's she landed on her feet fine. But. Faux Republican outrage. <laughs> oh, yeah. It works every, even better than if it takes down a female journalist. You know, it's a, all the better use of it. Yeah, I mean, Newt Gingrich would certainly never stoop so low no. as to talk to someone's mom. He's a man of integrity. <laughs> yes. He's got a giant head too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, big no, head. I still think Gorka. Gorka's probably got between like Gorka him. and Hannity and Gingrich. I want to weigh those heads. <laughs> Gorka's not even fat. Like Newt Gingrich is fat with a fat head. Like Gorka's head, it's just monstrous. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so we come back from break. Bart is uh, really overdoing it on the ceiling for such a young boy that he's sweating so much under the cameras i've never put sealant on my face it's uh, it sounds like it's it seals your pores and prevents sweating i guess i think it's like after you put your makeup on ah okay you, you spray that stuff on very conscientious of this kind of thing. <laughs> he takes it seriously. You are right. He wants to look his best for the TV. And also, I love he has these like stupid opulent accessories like that letter opener. Yeah, I remember that when we uh, were at a website working together, Henry, <laughs> and uh, we were being filmed by like with really expensive equipment and professional lighting by a professional guy. Yeah. But we no one had money or cared. So it's just like, oh, you're about to be on camera here. Wipe yourself off with this paper yeah. towel, this dry paper towel. Yeah. Just rub it all over your greasy face. Just like, <laughs> can I get something else? <laughs> I guess that's better than having a greasy face is one like scraped yeah. over with a paper towel. I'd have made a makeup lady. <laughs> well, that's not in the Makeup budget. and hair. <laughs> we were lucky to have a fucking cameraman, honestly. And one as good as we had. That guy, I, I think that guy got out of there quick. Yeah, yeah. Too, yeah. But yes, Bart falls for it. Dear Bart, I came to this country hoping to share the American dream. But after many years of backbreaking labor, I find myself homeless and sleeping in a junkyard. Oh, how terrible, Redon. Should I abandon hope or fight on bravely against impossible odds? Oh, 
This is too perfect. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I'm gonna put him on the air tonight, live! Oh, Bard, you'll have to ride your bike pretty fast to get out there in time. No, I'll just take the chopper. I gave you a chopper? <laughs> uh, Yardley's so good in that scene. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, just read on. It is, isn't it? Like, she's, she rarely, Lisa gets to play Sinister like that, rarely. Again, Bart's taking this very seriously. He's got to do this live tonight on the air, which... Raises some questions <laughs> about when this airs yeah. and... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. George is there a second showing of Kids <laughs> News. George Meyer makes fun of this on the commentary about how in all these shows they have to for plot purposes it has to be live for him to get his come up even though there's no reason to do it live. It could easily be a take taped segment, but that's why you have lines like this is so good I got to do it live. Yeah. yeah. I guess they build that in. <laughs> it uh, those types of lines make no sense, but Apparently Kids News is a big hit cuz Bart has access to the chopper. Yeah, he's well. I mean, they're not paying him yet, but they at least give him stuff. Like, and he even has his own poster for Bart's people up in his oh, personal yeah. dressing room well, too. I think they're afraid that they're gonna lose Bart. You know, mm. so they gotta just keep start giving him perks. Like, look, it's <laughs> your own poster. Yeah. Also, the community did not come together to help Willie. No, they I really... mean they did deport him like two years ago. So <laughs> I guess he swam back. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, his medical bills have to be ta- well. So it's obvious now when you know the ending. But when I first saw this as a kid never even thought once this was going to be willie even though that letter does apply to him yeah i think i just forgot about willie completely i was thinking this entire episode i had totally forgotten about this so when i was watching this episode i was thinking man they really shoehorned in that whole willie thing that was totally (laughs) random and then at the end when they brought it back i was like well played. Yeah. Well done. Well, we were just talking about in recent episodes how, like, you totally forget by the end of Trouble with Trillions this was a tax episode. That's right, yeah. yeah. Or by the end of Simpson Tide that it started with Homer losing his job. You never got it back either. Yeah. <laughs> you just forget about all those things. But in this case, they, they bring it back with a vengeance. It's uh, my first day. <laughs> but first, we have to close out the Mojo story. <laughs> You said this monkey would be sweeping the floors and cleaning the gutters. And now he just lies there, struggling to breathe. (laughs) What do you want? His cholesterol's through the roof. I want you to take that monkey back so he can be rehabilitated and get a second chance. No, no, he's fine. Go on, Mojo. Show Marge your happy dance. And so on. (laughs) (laughs) Mojo, what have they done to you? Pray for Mojo. Uh, That's great. I think classic line. I've come around on this, and I think the funnier funnier line in that scene is "and so on." Like Homer's, like you get it. You get it. Uh, Pray for Mojo line was uh, a a a fixture for a very long time. Oh yeah, my conversations. No, it's like I mean, just the sense of pray for, like just pray for whatever. Perfect delivery once again. (laughs) It reminds me of whenever one of those sign language monkeys says something profound. Yeah, yeah, or when the Congo apes like. Is that an ape or is that a, is a guy in a suit? It's a guy in a suit. So the end of this episode, or the end of the Mojo storyline, reminds me of reading the entire story of Face Ripper Monkey. The, oh, yeah. The chimp, the chimp that ate the lady's face. Ye- oh, what's the end because of that? Because apparently she was 
this monkey got extremely fat and lazy and horrifying and would just sit around and watch TV all day as well. And drink wine, from what I heard. <laughs> yeah. The monkey wow. wine. Exactly. And then, of course, once chimps get sexually mature, they get extremely aggressive, and oh, that's what happened. Jeez. Oh, it's a boy. dark story. Like, wow. for some reason, it was a punch. I know that part of it, man. It was a hacky punchline in a lot mm. of uh, bad shows like Bill Maher, but... It was actually an extremely horrifying and depressing story. Bill yeah. Maher laughing at a woman's pain? That doesn't sound right. Oh, it should be noted that uh, Pray for Mojo is the name of a mustard plug album. The ska band Mustard Plug? <laughs> oh. Anybody? <laughs> yeah. 1999. They were like fresh on the Pray for Mojo heat. Wow. They got fat. You know, like, I'll give them that. Uh, I, you could have heard that at the, any warped tour around. Uh, the I well, also that yeah his the dance of Mo- Mojo's happy dance animation God I love it he's just I gotta say move over Frank Welker Dan is doing some great monkey noises <laughs> and listening and listening to it just audio only with the heavy labored breathing but still a monkey <laughs> uh, and the, I I also love the description struggling to breathe yes uh, God the wiki is, for this is very informative so it has two it has two categories and bullet points so pre homer condition is happy eager healthy and toilet trained post homer condition is obese lazy diapered has difficulty breathing <laughs> uh yeah also yeah that he just he wears a diaper now because he's too lazy <laughs> and homer ruined this poor monkey in the space yeah. of like two weeks probably uh it's uh the kids news wasn't on for that long maybe yeah. a month <laughs> the uh also, there's some a lot of uh, chocolate stains on the wall in this <laughs> yeah. scene, too. Let's just call it chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Monkeys love it. I mean, animators love to draw monkey poo. They really, they really enjoy that. I God, man, he's just his happy dance. The and that he's happy with Mo- Homer, but once he's away from him, Mojo knows he's doomed. <laughs> like that's when he finally tells the guy, "Pray for Mojo." And also, just the cruelty of Homer just dumping yeah. him on a front door and running away. At least he left him uh, with the uh, people that gave it to him. Yeah, it's true. He didn't just like chuck him in a dumpster or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but that's yes. probably the first joke pitch, like just a garbage bag falling into uh, a dumpster. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Oh I man, bet. that's dark. Yeah, it's like Toilet Monkey. I think I was thinking of Toilet Monkey actually. Uh, but yes, the Mojo story is over. We come back to the final broadcast of Kids News, starting with a weird brag from Millhouse. By waking up a little early and having some extra sheets handy, no one's a wiser. Tomorrow, destroying the evidence. Ew. Uh, thank you, Millhouse. Now it's time for today's special live edition of Bart's People. <clears throat> Lisa, I've just arrived at the Springfield dump. A lot of things get thrown out here. Sometimes, even a human being. Somewhere in this pile of twisted metal and soiled mattresses <laughs> lives a poor immigrant whose home was cruelly taken away. Yeah, by you! Groundskeeper Willie, um, uh, so you're the immigrant I'm here to help. Help! You destroyed my house and reduced me to living in a dump. Groundskeeper Willie, furious with the government that let him down, I'm Bart... Ah! 
pretty strong to throw that engine. Yeah, Jeez. I mean, uh, this is the most violent we've seen Groundskeeper Willie. He lives at the dump. Yeah, yeah he's uh, he's going to kill Bart. If he's left a- to his yeah. devices, he will bash Bart's head into mush. If you he's- think about the reality of the scene, though, it's like a live uh, snuff film is uh, yes. like, happening in front of people's eyes. Sorry, Cat. <laughs> oh, he's temporarily insane. That's yeah. true, that's true. I guess he's pointing that out because he's a legal defense. Yeah, he's uh, well, he doesn't get arrested at the end of this, so clearly... Which is his attempted murder, what he's doing <laughs> here. Uh, but I totally forgot how funny Millhouse is in just this one little bit here. Like, he's he's telling a story about how to get rid of... It's a bedwetting joke. It's He's wet yeah, the bed. Yeah. And it's, it's, he's telling people the strategy of how to get rid of your wet bed stuff. And, and the soiled mattresses that cut to him like, eh, <laughs> that's so good. That Millhouse God. offering a good life hack. Hey. <laughs> well... Though, how many, you know, like, a kid can't throw away that many mattresses. <laughs> oh, no. a lot of mattresses. Millhouse should invest in those monkey diapers. <laughs> oh, Millhouse yeah. is the mojo of kids' news. <laughs> and uh, so Lisa has a good little laugh at first on the reveal of uh, Groundskeeper Willie, which he knew the whole time and set up. So Lisa's got to make her way over to the dump. Without a helicopter, bike. she's yeah, gonna have to ride her bike pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, while uh, while a small boy tries to outrun a large man bent on murdering him, <laughs> who's in excellent condition. Yeah, he's very strong. <laughs> and uh, she leaves the show to Nelson, and Nelson uh, very stoically puts on his blazer and then starts doing a fart armpit. Another time killer joke because he cuts the camera too, and he turns yeah. around and does it to the other camera. I love that. Yeah, I, as a kid, I could never master the fart armpit. I was jealous of other kids who could do it. It's uh, I could never get the uh, the technique down. You need those know. smooth child armpits. To make it work. <laughs> Did you guys ever do it as children? Yeah, yeah, it was up? fun. Hell no. Do it. <laughs> you were, it sounds like you were missing out, Kat. A lot of fun. Sure Hand farts, arm farts. <laughs> uh, as Bart is being chased by Willie, Willie, without changing his voice at all, convinces Bart that it's the police. Oh, we got him. <laughs> we want to give you a medal. Oh, boy. And he just jumps I like out. how he refers to himself as a jolly policeman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, part... Isn't the sharpest, uh, shiniest penny in the fountain? Yes, yeah. Uh, but uh, the English cats. Oh <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> but I love the reason. Like, oh, we got Willie. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, I like too the animation on like they they make him menacing while he still is kind of dragging his leg from being broken by Bart too. <laughs> he has to be in massive. Oh yeah, uh, I forgot. His, he also. was like mangled. His leg <laughs> is all mangled. God yes. damn it, Bart. He he has reason to be a little bit upset yeah. with Bart. You still can't kill a child just because you're that mad, but he should be mad at Skinner for not punishing Bart. Like, or the police. Yeah, or, or the society. Police. Yeah. Uh, well, as we see... We learned we, about society, yes, right? Yeah. Uh, but right before that clip, when he, Bart pops out and then goes back down and Willie smashes the trunk, Bart is dead. Like, he caves that in yeah, right where yeah. Bart is, and it has at least broken his spine. Like, it's, it's scary how much damage he does on that trunk of that uh, old beetle. That is not happening. Happening on Rugrats. <laughs> no, no, this is where Rugrats stops in this episode with the uh, murderous uh, Willie. But yes, Lisa's here to save Bart with emotions. Stop! Get away with you! I gotta finish him off while I'm still temporarily insane. No, you can't hurt Bart. He's well, he's your son. What? <laughs> well, not literally, but in a way, isn't he everyone's son? For you see, that little Hellraiser is the spawn of every shrieking commercial, every brain-rotting soda pop, 
every teacher who cares less about young minds than about cashing their big, fat paychecks. No, Bart's not to blame. You can't create a monster and then whine when he stomps on a few buildings. I'm Lisa Simpson. <laughs> You're right. It's all Willie's fault. I've been a terrible father. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, I think uh, George Meyer was talking about how that was fun to write because it was too easy. It turns out bad writing is fun because it's easy to write. Yeah, uh, it's it's great bad writing. I mean, in a way, like the term in a way should be banned from yeah, all journalism, yeah. I think. But in a way, isn't that true? Yeah, and just his, uh, Dan's reaction like, what? You can yes. hear the room. Yes. The shriek. Yeah. God, that's good. And and Lisa's off-the-cuff speech where she blames teachers. I have to think that's uh, Lisa just winging it. And she never, uh, obviously. Of course the, she would assume that a teacher would have a big fat paycheck <laughs> because they're a teacher. I mean, the, the, the joke construction is that she blames things that conservative folks would normally blame kids being mm. bad on them. Commercials and soda. But when it comes to the third thing, she blames teachers because they're too rich and lazy, which that's <laughs> as the opposite Those of damn problems. teacher unions. <laughs> if, all, if we could just start some charter schools in Springfield, the Bart would finally learn some things. Lisa's speech is great that she even ends it with, I'm Lisa Simpson, and Willie knows the story's always like, you're right, I have to walk <laughs> away now. They're all trained by TV. And they just let him leave. They just let him go away. But yeah, Lisa saved Bart's life, which is fine because she did almost kill him through throwing him into this trap. Uh, but then we get to a, a heartfelt ending that must be instantly undercut by this show. Hey, Lise, thanks. Boy, that phony schmaltz of yours sure is powerful stuff. Uh, yeah, but I have a certain respect for that whole truth and hard work thing that you do. You know, Bart, if we combine your showmanship with my integrity, we could make kids really care about the news. You're right. If we work together, there's no stopping us. Vanilla Approved Kids News has been canceled. Stay tuned for the Mattel and Mars Bar Quick Energy Chocobot Hour. You can count on us, Mr. President. Major Nougat, Gooey, Coco, put down those entertaining Mattel products. <laughs> Colonel Katafi is up to his old tricks. Let's power up! I can't believe they canceled us for this. Shut stupid. up! I'm trying to watch this. <laughs> Definitely that uh, that screaming guitar is so Power Rangers. That's Power Rangers, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Chocobots design, and maybe because they're uh, the name construction too, they really remind me of GoBots, like the yeah. worst Transformers. They're more they're more Transformers, but of this era, the the music and stuff is kind of like uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it almost feels too late to make fun of '80s cartoons that were just toy commercials. Way too late. But yeah. it's still pretty funny, especially the the little pause on them putting down the toys and how they're just right in the center of camera. And how one is like combing a Barbie's hair. Yes, yeah. <laughs> even though they're all like male robots that's they're empowered by their specific candy males can't play with barbies Uh, not male robots not male robots i'm very you know i'm very gender conforming when it comes to (laughs) robots but uh, not not with you that robot did not have a bow in its uh head so major nougat is my favorite Uh, major nougat is their leader i wish i would have gone out on a better joke uh than just a shot of the robots like i wish there was like one more thing i i only wish it had been the whole credits like then it would have been on just 
that static robot shot. And and like I said, Kirkland worked on these shows right, before yeah. Simpsons. So I think he's really uh, dealing with some stuff here. Shit. Like, oh, I know how to animate this garbage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, though, if we're going to, again, knock the show and it repeats a joke, this ending is the Mr. Plow ending. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Together, no one can stop us. And in this case, Chocobots are God. Yeah, they're my God. <laughs> well, it makes more sense, though, because uh, a healthy, wholesome, good journalism totally will be cut cut in favor of something more entertaining mm-hmm. they probably found a cheaper way to get their educational uh standards the chocobots probably talk about like math at the end i bet that's it yeah the chaka uh, the sailor moon says now, that would have been a end. good joke mars and mattel mars and mattel offer uh up to their sponsorship deal and they're like all right <laughs> well this this is an edge that family guy has over simpsons that like the simpsons writers hate those shows they never watch them as kids so they don't know how to make fun of them as somebody who grew up with them family guy when they do a transformers joke or a he-man joke it's by people who grew up with those things so without that kind of specific nostalgia they wouldn't know to do a gi yeah. joe uh psa type thing. that's true but that is that should have been the po- the post credits thing there like oh learning about like like i don't know crossing safety with gooey or something <laughs> yeah. yeah uh it's not too late to send me back that. in time and i'll write that joke <laughs> but uh, i do like the static shot of it i mean they're animated in a more limited style too than the simpsons normally yeah has. and they even have like a whole mouth chart for the chocobot mouths moving which i and uh, it did work. It makes me want some chocolate right they now. They should have made those into mm-hmm. toys. <laughs> I'd watch mm. the Mars and Mattel Chocobot Quick power, power, Energy Power Hour before I watch Kids <laughs> News, I'll be honest. I like the phrase yeah. quick energy because uh, it's only used on the Simpsons. Yeah, These wieners true. will give me the quick energy I need. <laughs> it's such a sell like, well, don't we all need quick energy? Then eat chocolate. It's almost healthy, right? Uh, Hungry? Actually, grab a Snickers. This isn't too far from power sauce either, I yeah, would say, yeah. too. Yeah. You know, that's the push now. NECA Toys. If any NECA Toys people are listening, I think you still have the Simpsons license. Next San Diego Comic-Con. Make the Chocobot. Sell oh. the Chocobot sets. They've made so many more frivolous things than that. Hell yeah. yeah. They, they've. I mean, the best one I saw... Well, they did the wonderful guest star series, like the oh, signed yeah. Bret Hart I have, NECA did. Uh, I remember Hot Wheels, they did the Homer, a Hot Wheel of the Homer. That was pretty cool. But uh, I now want the Chocobots. That's the next one. Those, That was a great episode, I think, better than I remember. It made me think of early edition, <laughs> but with girls. <laughs> uh, I think the comments on journalism were really funny. I mean, there's, there's some, you know lower points to it but usually when things get slowed down a monkey shows up and does something <laughs> funny and so almost dies they should do that every episode just have a monkey show up in the in the lulls it's one of my favorites and has been for a long time uh pray for mojo was a line that i quoted forever <laughs> and i do think that it does have something to say i, I don't think it always executes it perfectly, but the whole uh, real news versus entertainment news is a point maybe worth making. Yeah. And uh, the execution, like I said, a little mangled, but it it sticks to landing ultimately. So it, I, I watched that episode. I got some huge laughs out of it. Crazy Cat Lady is always a great. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's a bit of a slower episode for me. I think it's uh, we're reaching the end of the season. So it's the end of the season, like fatigue that's <laughs> cropping up. But uh, yeah. I agree. A lot of great stuff comes out of it, like the Cat Lady and Mojo and a few other good jokes. It's just hard to look at this commentary after we have like the Twitter president basically. It just True. seems it just seems so innocent. 
you know. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's not this episode's fault, of course. It's so, I mean, it's so of its time in the yeah. way that it's critiquing the media because obviously everything would change in just like five years. Yeah, I mean, Fox News had existed, but it was not the Fox News that we knew yet. Not until 9-11. Yeah. Well, you think yeah. about like five years later, Fox News would be pushing the Iraq war and that kind of thing. Mm, yeah. And blogs would be appearing. Mm. And then social media five years after that. So Yeah, and I guess there would be better versions of this story on The Simpsons about like um as, as news continue to change, they would keep up with this commentary, especially with Kent Brockman. So mm-hmm. yeah, they change with the time. So we are in 1998 right now. Things are much different and possibly more innocent then. <laughs> or we at least didn't know as much. But uh, thanks for listening to Talking Simpsons, everybody. Kat, you're our special guest. Can you tell us what you're up to, where we can find you and check out your stuff? Well, if you want to see what real journalism looks like, I hey. suggest you go to edit uh, US We're doing Gamer. Simpsons journalism. I'm sorry. <laughs> I suggest you go to US Gamer, where I am the editor-in-chief. We're about to go to E3. All of our post-E3 coverage should be up by the time this episode goes up. And then also, I am the host of Axe of the Blood God, which is our RPG podcast. We got a new segment going. It's our console RPG quest, in which we go through every single console and talk about its rpg legacy the best rpgs to come out of it talk a lot about its history and everything we just did the sega master system and the game gear in Mm. our most recent episode nice uh as for us we are talking simpsons if you want to support our show and get every episode of this podcast a week ahead of time and ad free go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons and for the low cost of five dollars every month you will receive all of our paywall podcasts including exclusive mini series including our newest one talking of the hill which just wrapped up the entire first season of king of the hill in this podcast format and also we have other things going on at that level like a ton of interviews end of season wrap-ups uh community podcasts every month and more and we have a special newer ten dollar podcast that comes out every month just for you henry what is that podcast if you jump up to the premium level at ten dollars a month you'll get access to what a cartoon movie where me and bob give the talking simpsons slash what a cartoon treatment to a different animated feature film once a month most recently we had our longest podcast ever where me and Bob for three hours and 50 minutes talk about the 1992 Disney Renaissance classic Aladdin not the live action the good one yes the good (laughs) the one you like yeah and you can only hear that if you're a ten dollar and up patron plus you'll get to hear over 20 hours of our previous what a cartoon movies and a new one in June too please consider what a cartoon movie and again that is patreon.com slash talking simpsons please support us we'll get a ton of good stuff for it as for me I've been one of your hosts Bob Mackey find me on Twitter as Bob Servo my other podcast is Retronauts a classic gaming podcast please go to retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast machine. Please find it and subscribe to it. I think you'll like it. Henry, what about you? Hey, I'm Henry Gilbert, and you can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. If you follow me there, that's where you'll find out whenever new things go up on the Patreon, either for Talking Simpsons or What a Cartoon or the What a Cartoon movie or any other updates. You'll learn about them first if you follow me on Twitter, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thank you so much for listening, folks. We'll see you next week for our 200th episode, Trash of the Titans. Mr. Bones. Bye, get out of my anchor chair.
Silence, octopusy. 